So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This is Matthew Bailey, alongside with the Ticket Partner in Crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears, Beats, and Bailey. So, uh, two weeks has passed by, two weeks have passed, sorry, since we last yeah. met, since we last did our episode on um, what we talked about, I believe it was Toy Story 4, yeah, that was the last show we talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, two weeks, boy. So, yeah, um, what happened? Let's see. BT Awards kind of came and went. Yeah, it was the yeah, lowest. But I find it had some really great moments. Um, the yeah, Lizzo performance is good. Yeah, yeah Lizzo performance is excellent. Um, loving the album because I love you. If you haven't checked it out, you really need yeah. to. Um, the Mary J. Blige performance was yeah. freaking fantastic. Loved it. Uh, the Nipsey Hussle tribute was great as well. You know, really dug that yeah. as well. And yeah, just just had some great performances there. You know, so it's a good thing that uh, that I checked it out. Um, because that we that that actually aired on the same night that we actually met up to talk about Toy Story 4. Um, on the subject of music, uh, Bandana finally right. dropped. Fred Gibbs, my lib. Right now, this is album of the year for me. Um, and no, I'm not going to do like a, a review of it now, maybe by years or whatever like that. Um, but yeah, it certainly lived up to the hype. No, it's not Pinata. It's like a more mature take on it, but just the sampling, the production, Freddie Gibbs, yeah. Malib, both of them just come true, killed it. Uh, your boy, Pusha T, come with probably the best verse of the year. <laughs> right. My honest opinion. Well, yeah, that... best verse, but not, not, not my favorite. Not my favorite song. Favorite song okay, is probably... Okay, Pam, is not your favorite. All right. Okay. Nah, it's, um, it's probably, um, what do you call it, by Crime Peas, probably. Oh, yes. That beat, though. Yo. <laughs> the actual sample, well, the actual song that samples it, but um, I, I kind of love that song now. So, so thank you, Madlib, yeah. for introducing me to late seventies radio music. Now I could just rock back and just be like, do 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 do. I just love that song. But yeah, yeah. um, so that aside, uh, a couple of trailers came out. Uh, one for the upcoming Jumanji movie. Um, there's right. one that came out for well, actually, um, a few hours ago. Anytime it's recorded for Mulan. Yes, um, that looks. Yeah, look, look, looks. It actually looking pretty good. I, I won't lie, yeah. it looks pretty good. It's so that, that actually, far that from actually, fantastical though, but it really has this kind of. I was thinking of two films, right? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon from Ang Lee, and um, Red Cliff from um, John Woo. Great yeah. epic film they make. So it has that kind of like epic, you know, Chinese vibe to it. Now, you know, but really curious to see how it turns out, man. You know, right? Yeah. Um. But any quick thoughts on on that trailer or? No, yeah, yeah, no, it look, it look, it looking really good and interesting. Uh, well, everybody comparing now, uh, comparing no Mushu, so you yeah. find out Mushu. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so instead of Mushu, we gain this this Phoenix. Like, all right, okay, I can, I can live with that. Yeah, but um, uh, I don't, I, I no complaints. I mean, actually, actually, much more excited over this than than um, Aladdin and you know Lion Kings and so you know let's go, let's get down to business. Yes, 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 yes. I I, I still kind of had it up to here with these Disney reboots, but. I, I guess they're just gonna pimp the hell out of that, you know, um, and, you know, from from well, from all now actually till like the, the um, till beyond the next decade, you know. So this is gonna be a trend, you know. What I mean, I guess we have to accept that. So up next, we might get a Hercules, you know, remake or a Hunchback of Notre Dame or a Pocahontas or something like that. You know, like late nineties Disney era movies. Now, you know? I, I thought I was thinking well, well, the big well, the big news uh, you're speaking of that now is uh, well, I, I suppose you were going on to this, but um, well, I was, I was, mm-hmm. right. Uh, well, Little Mermaid, right? Um, yes, yes, yes. The casting of um, although I don't know, well, 
I believe I heard her and her sister perform before it. I think it was in one of the BT Awards. Um, but her name is um, Halle Bailey. And right. first, when I saw the head, um, headline, I was like, wait, Halle Berry? Halle Berry? Yeah. Like, wait, I had um, look at who's like, oh, Halle Bailey. Oh, right. So, yes, she is, well, yes, she's a, a black um, singer. Um, and she will be cast as Ariel in the upcoming um, Little Mermaid, you know, remake. And people, especially on Twitter, lost their minds. Just some people was was talking about race. It's like, oh well, Ariel's white, you know. Why have her be, you know, black? You know what I mean? And they were saying, well, oh well, if you want to do that, well, let's just make a live action version of the Princess and the Frog and let the princess be white. You know what I mean? White. It's like it's all that idea. stuff is like really irrelevant, irrelevant, totally irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Although it still, it, it still has that trend of the whole redhead turning black thing that seems to be pervading a lot of comics and, you know, thing culture and, and geek culture in general. Though. You know, just think about how much redhead characters turn. <laughs> right, turn right. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, yeah, especially those, those, those comic book characters, those superhero yeah. heroines and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, this is April O'Neil, apparently, his one now. Uh, oh, wow, I didn't a, even know that. Yeah, yeah, April O'Neil's like, yeah. A bunch of them, like, you know, it's not a big, it's a real huge pattern. Somebody probably collect all of them. And we, so I don't know what's going on. So, so everybody making a joke about they took our jobs. So. Yeah, they took our jobs. <laughs> uh, but speaking of comic books, um, so forgive me for saying this, but I know, no, no, like legit, a couple hours ago, watched the premiere episode of Young Justice Outsiders. So, okay. yes, I know that the show has restarted. Um, well, part two as they call it so i believe was it two or three episodes that came out um last it's, week it's episodes i well i watched three episodes recently so oh, three episodes recent. okay okay yeah. all right well i know it's gonna be it's gonna wrap up entirely by the end of august which kind of had me su- um surprised i thought it was gonna wrap up like you know the end of july or early august and i didn't think we had to wait till the end of august to see the the end of this this season now. but um just quickly, how uh, well you already we already praised the first half, right? And well, I know you already love the first half, but how is this continuation? How did that play off for you? Yeah, it, it, plot wise, plot wise is going interesting so far. We don't really, we're not sure, um, you know, why we're going still, but I, I enjoy it. But the problem is that the production has dropped significantly, though. Um, wow, okay, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but like a lot of the I don't know, like it just feels a lot more rushed. So the voice acting, um, take out kind of a dip. It have a lot of sync, lip syncing issues going on. And yeah. it have I a, actually a, noticed a bit of that in the in the very first episode, actually. Um, right. But I can let that slide because that's kind of been a, a trend with Young Justice, you know. You know, yeah. um, the lip syncing a little, little off, you know, but yeah, continue. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But other than that, I don't have a problem. I find the plot going interesting. Uh, you know, they had some some interesting release, um, reveals, especially with. Um, what was her name by uh gosh not Brion the well Brion's girl the the oh the oh, the, the, the daughter um no not daughter Brion is uh Brion's is the prince his girl the girl from his country but the poor Muslim one now. oh um, okay okay well I saw that character yeah. but I don't know who but she she's is like a but... father, but apparently and they have a whole thing so they, they well apparently they reveal that she's seen she gender binary apparently or, or non-binary um okay like the thing very, very, uh, very, very progressive. Well done, DC. Okay. <laughs> well, I know about all that. I mean, it, it, the character is like not a human, technically, so whatever. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. Well, right. Derp, right. Yeah. Like, like to me, the, not really relevant anyway, but whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it just, it just doing some interesting kind of weird reveals and things like that. 
Ah, that's about it. It's have a big mystery going on. A thing we see Granny Goodness reveal herself as a villain. Well, we know we kind of know that if you're a DC fan. Um, yeah, that's progress not long, but I, I've, I've enjoyed the first three episodes. Those, those, well, those new three episodes. Um, yeah, just kind of hoping for more. All right. Well, I will be well doing doing some serious catching up um, this month. So hopefully by by well by the end of the season, you know, we could do like a, a full review of of the season here. But I'm really excited to see what they do here. We forget to mention where the Disney stuff is Lion King. They put these like kind of strange posters where the real actors face and the characters. Yeah, which I I kind of dig. I I, I like yeah, that. I really uh, do. I do. Uh, yeah. Although although as usual, the internet remains undefeated. So they had one with her. Oh God, they do they do they do my boy duty here though. So they had like. Don't talk about Please don't talk about Glover. No, um. Oh boy, Jay-Z, <laughs> I don't see that. Um, oh so they had Beyonce I'll, next to... I'll, I'll have a look for it. Yeah, no, sorry. They, do, they have Beyonce next to... Well, her character is Nala, I think. Yes. Uh, yes. They had, they had uh, Jay-Z next to a camel, Dredd. It's like, way <laughs> boy. That <laughs> real dirty, Dredd. Oh, gosh. Come on. Come on, Dredd. I That's mean, I real. know Beyonce, but still. Come to mind. Yeah, go on. But they had uh. Jay-Z dirty. <laughs> But yeah. that, that was hilarious when I see that, though. Like, all right. Yeah, yeah, the, the internet just, just so quick, man. Just yeah, so quick. Give back, give every, I get every golf clap for that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So in today's episode, uh, we will be talking about um, three movies and a TV series. Well, a season three of a TV series, right? That series in particular yeah. is Stranger Things. Um, the season tr- Well, season three aired in July 4th, a.k.a. Independence Day in the United States. Um, yeah. I actually watched seven of the eight episodes then, and I don't know, something came up, but then I actually watched the final episode um, the following day, right? Um, along with that, uh, fin- we, we finally will talk about Shaft, which um, yeah. which kind of surprising and kind of not surprising made its way to Netflix, though it was supposed right. to be in theaters. Exactly, it was never supposed to be in theaters, however. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> but they make it look like it was going. Anyways, anyway, I didn't even want to talk about that, right? But um, also, um, well, for many people, this is one of the, the more highly anticipated films of the year. Um, for me, it was just like, okay, i just really curious to see how this thing plays out, seeing how great and how impactful, I should say, uh, his last film, Hereditary, was. Of course, I'm talking about Ari Aster's Midsummer. And I was just right. so happy that we got this film down here in Trinidad. I thought that it was just going yeah. to be some kind of so you know too artsy and too. Well, I thought that we yeah, wouldn't I, get it down here. You know what I mean? It'll freak right. people. Well, about this, it's going to get the one week thing, and they're going to you know sneak it in and then sneak it out real quick, and only movie time would I show it in fucking Portisville. You know the usual bullshit, no? Yeah. Well, I already know like where I went to see it in Caribbean cinemas, eight in Trinity. Yeah, they're going to show that for a week, and then poof, gone. So um, right. I took the opportunity. So. Before, right, so after I saw Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the final film we will talk about, yeah, I, I took it Midsummer. So, um, yeah, let's jump into Midsummer one time. So, as I said, um, this is directed by Ari Aster, who is really yeah. shaping up to be a true horror author, boy. So, yeah, John Peel, you have some competition here right now, boy. And John Peel, by the way, actually praised this film. He was one of the, the first people I saw, it, well, actually online, praise the film. Yeah. No, yeah, it have it have these similar. <laughs> let us say there's a similar aesthetic to it. Oh, um, oh yes, oh yes, it does. <laughs> what I say, I'll say it's that it, it, well, we'll talk about that. But yeah, we'll just say what what he it have a similar vibe, and 
it's it's very I don't know what to say, but the person I think of is kind of Dario and Gento kind of thing. That's what oh, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean with the right. the um use of color and the idea of dance incorporated and yes. weird music for one thing. Yeah. Um, but right. another show but in particular I was thinking about, but um, I'll mention it later on. Yeah, because that's the first thing I want to mention about this is the sound design. Um, it's MFG brilliant. sound design. This is yeah. brilliant. This is brilliant. Yeah. But but we but we jumping ahead of ourselves, right? But we talk about sound design as well. Um, so hey, I, I might as well talk about. That. Well, I'll do the the synopsis for Midsummer, right? So yeah. uh, it begins with uh, the character of Danny Ado, who is played by. Florence Pugh, I believe that's how you pronounce her, her surname, um, and she is going through some emotional stress right now. Well, really, really, really traumatic stress, right? Um, and this is due to something terrible that happens with her family. And when the reveal happens, and you yeah. see how she reacts, it it is one of the most like not gut punching, but just yeah, like, I, I felt like yeah, heart wrenching moments in the entire movie. And it just kind of doesn't really bring the film to a halt, but it just kind of sets up exactly what you can expect in the movie. But um, oddly and wisely enough, the film kind of does a little twist here because you're thinking that the whole film is going to be centered on her loss now, you know, about grief and whatnot. Because if you remember, you know, from Hereditary uh, with um, Tony Collette's character, you know, it yeah. was about her dealing with um, grief and whatnot. So you're thinking, wait, is this going to be like a similar theme? Is this is what Ari is going to be focusing on? But Right. Not really, actually. So, what happens is that uh, her boyfriend, Christian, who's played by Jack Renner, last time I saw him was in that god-awful Transformers Age of Extinction. As who? As the boyfriend? Yes, if I'm not mistaken. That, oh, yeah. Okay. He was, he was. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, right? So, um, we, we, get, we, we get the idea early on that he's not really happy in the relationship, right? You know, he's, right. he doesn't like, you know, um, Danny's mood swings and he wants to get out of it. His uh, two friends in particular, uh, one played by uh, Will Poulter, uh, who plays yeah. Mark. The other one who's played by William Jackson Harper, who plays Josh, right? They're all classmates, right? They all go to college and stuff like that, right? But they're all like, you know, you need to get out of that relationship. But he's like, well... I wish I could, but yeah, I kind of had to be. I can't remember what they're doing with this a PhD program together in anthropology. I think. I believe so. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Yeah, uh, yes, it's in anthropology. Yeah. Um. So it's just like, well, you know, he just sticking around. He he want to be there, but at the same time, he doesn't want to now. So yeah, right. he, he's kind of distant in the process, right? And in 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 retrospect, she she deserves better, but you know, it's just she going through shit, right? But anyway, so Christian comes up to to Danny one day and say, well. I'm going with my friends on this trip to Sweden. Actually, it's this um, the Sweden village, Swedish village out of, out in the middle of nowhere. Actually, um, this Swedish friend of theirs, his name is um, Pelle, I believe that's his name. Um, he can well basically it's his family. Well, the, the village that he was born and raised. Well, he was raised in. Sorry, he wasn't born there. He was a, he was an orphan, and well, these people took him in, and you know basically. I think, sure, I'm sure he was. Oh, so he was. You know, I didn't really get that. Follow that too clearly, you know. But yeah, yeah well, I think he just kind of mentioned that he was an he orphan. Wasn't from the originally, okay. Yeah, and and his parents died. That's why he kept stressing to to right. um, Danny right. one scene that his parents died, so he could relate. He could try to understand, and really, right. he tries to come off as you know what I you know what I mean like like um. Like, I understand where you're coming from. I've dealt with this before, but you just need to... Just just come with me to this yeah. place, and you'll feel a lot better, right? So they all go, you know what I mean? I thought they that all... led to a transition, eh? Yes. Like a 
good transition scene too. That like simple identicate. Like, oh, that's really fast and yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some excellent, excellent transitions. Some that just simple, so easy. And you like, as you said, Ricardo, it's like you wish you both both that you saw it coming or that right. you know, you could do something like that there, like if you were to actually make a film. And some other transitions yes. was like, wow, but like you'll put real thought into this play. Holy crap, look yeah. at this. But um, this this surrounds up, right? So they, they go to the village, and uh, basically it's just like just a bunch of people, right? So it's not just family members of Pele, but other people who just live in the village, right? And they have this um, ceremony which they host, which they have uh, host, sorry, um, every ninety years, right? Well, a festival, a nine day festival, right? And well, the Americans and there's a well, there's a English couple there to a British couple actually. So there's they're just kinda enjoying the sights and sounds and everything. There's a lot of music, a lot of dancing and stuff going on. You're thinking, hey, everything's cool. And you know what? Hey, this is kind of weird, but all right, we're in a new place. Okay, let's let's try to absorb this new culture. But slowly but surely things get darker and weirder and more bizarre, yeah. more WTF. And then it just gets from bad to worse. And you see how that takes a toll on Danny and you know the other characters, and that's all I want to say about um, the, the plot here. So, Ricardo, what are your thoughts on Midsummer? Honest thoughts on Midsummer? I I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, yeah, it was surprisingly funny for what he was trying to do. But what why it worked is it balanced the uncertainty and the the uncertainty mixed with the um, you know the general creepiness and and then the the, the outright danger. To just kind of like borderline hilarity in the sense of, well, oh, you're, you're, you're dealing with something that you should laugh at, but like genuinely dangerous and competent at the same time, yes. you know, and it, it, it kind of, well, you know, kind of illustrates a cult in that way. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how cult is. Cults, exactly. if you don't, if you're on the outside and you're watching a cult, funniest shit ever. If you're on yeah. the inside, boy, you're the cut. And uh, I basically how it felt is that it you know like any other cult like Scientology or one of them thing you're watching that shit from the outside yes is oh that's what they believe and that's what they do it that's hilarious and you can like again the characters who were involved and interested in this for anthropological reasons made a lot of sense being there but boy when you said they get wrap up in that nonsense boy it's like goddamn um, yeah, but yeah, they make it work. and and this dude he has a really good sense of two things the sense of space and the sense of blocking. And yes, 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 I totally agree. The blocking yeah, I, in this film is is yeah. is excellent. You know, all characters move from here and what right. what's being shown in each shot and what's not being shown, right. you know. He does so that what, perfectly. Right. What, making it work now, what making it work now too is that the sensor and then the sensor just the sensor space and, and the just the, well the shots, just these great composition shots. Yes, excellent composition yes. shots. All right through, right through, cutting into the movie, how the camera moving and it's and just fantastic filmmaking. And yeah, it, it does remind me of Jordan Peele because it has it did feel it had a lot of us in in this. Yeah, you know, but had, but had, have elements of get out in it. Well, right, simply put, you know, in, in, in a simple way, it's like yeah, these characters are here, and of course, yeah. in your mind, you tell yourself, dude, this shit weird, get out, right? Literally, right? Yeah. But it's like no, it's not that easy to get out. That put yourself yeah. in their shoes. You're not just gonna yeah. ride out easy, and even if you try to, yeah. well. You know, well, I was thinking, I was thinking of the plot, just how the camera was moving and where it was, and these kind of things. Because, you know, ah, okay. and not get too caught up in plot so much with this. Because I do think, and this is the old downside for this film, it does get a bit aimless coming down to the end. Um, a little bit, it's in that third act, especially. Um, because it, it, 
at the end now it, it just kind of relies on the symbolism a little too much and in some cases quite literally because it have yeah. a lot of what the runes mean in the culture and the so on so on so forth and clearly everything is a cover-up because you know the government will like come and just sort out this bullshit if anybody find out these kind of things and very very well well put together that but again I didn't I like I get what he was trying to go for, but I felt they could have like made the arc a little clearer coming down to the end in terms of like what, what the res- resolution is and where they're going with it. And I had I read online that it's, it's a breakup movie. Somebody said that. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes real sense too. <laughs> um, yeah, um I actually read read this up on, on Wikipedia too. It's actually based on a real breakup that um okay. well Ari Aster were right and the film went through. Exactly. Like okay, initially okay. it was supposed to be a slasher flick, right? About right. well, you know, this cult now in Sweden, right? But, you know, uh, Ari just wanted to make it more personal, more relatable. So it's like, right. well, okay. yeah, this breakup kind of led to where they are and how they kind of dealing with this whole weird stuff going on now. Okay, okay, all right. Well, that make a lot of sense because uh, yeah. somebody just said that, and, and it was kind of in the back of my mind, and I, I kind of made a mistake of reading that before seeing the film. So I was just looking for that in, in a sense now. Like, oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, yeah. that makes sense. But but what I would say though, well, just just to jump in, um. Just, just to get a couple of gripes out of the way, right? Um, so for one thing, I kind of wish that they brought back that whole, well, not just about the breakup or the potential breakup between um, Danny and Christian, but also the grief that she was going through. It was more like, okay, ever well, so often she would see something weird, she would start to spaz out, and then she would start to do these breathing um, exercises. Which, by the way, how they brought that into what all the weird stuff was going on, was right. was a stroke of genius in my opinion. The right. heavy breathing and stuff like that. Cause I, I didn't I, pick up on it till like later on. It's like, oh wait, that's what it going at. The whole heavy yeah. breathing prank, um, heavy breathing thing there. You know, and that yeah. is how conveniently, oh. you know, it leads her from one point to the next. I can't. I don't want to spoil it, right. but when you see it happen, just take note of it. It's like, oh, okay, right. I love that. No, no, it's very, it's right. No, the film was very symbolic in that sense. Now, in terms of like, well, it's about a breakup. I, cl- I clearly tell that, like, his her success and her moving on and well there she is successful when she <laughs> if you're if, if, within the context of the movie yeah and yeah, yeah. It, it is so it, I kinda, she is, I she is. but that playing itself out um yeah. because shot wise and where he was watching I, I felt you know it's one of those movies that just a little free association coming down to the end so i could totally see like some stuff was clear causal stuff so we had like a very gross okay i i'm I saying this like straight up it's a gross version of something that's already gross in my opinion. Uh, sweat rice. So we get a grosser version of that. Yeah. Um, right. And we saw, like, visually, you know that what that was. Like, you could tell you're watching it, and you're saying, all right, this, 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 and I don't want to say it what it is, but this, this, you see everything is the same color, and then this something is a, another color. I was like, why, why that another color? And it, it causally, you know what it is, because they showed the shot before. They foreshadow all that shit, you know, yes, before did, that yeah. picture. And all these kind of things, right? And I got where I was going for with that. The thing is, I wanted it to be a little clearer, more straightforward, especially with respect to Nani. I got, it. I got, I got where I was going for, but I felt they could have bounced it around a little better um, with the pacing and wherever it is. But I don't know. I like, you know, it's one of these things you're not sure how you're not tell it or if you want it to be as subtle as, you know, in that way. Now, and again, the comparison. That's why I compare it to to um, us and not Get Out because Get Out was pretty straightforward into what was going on. Um, us, however, it's it's a little bit of a thinker, right? Yeah, uh, yes. like like this film know. here, like this film. Right. Um, it it will leave you thinking about 
or just right. try to piece um trying to really analyze and i know just like hereditary you know, there's gonna right. be tons of videos analyzing the hell out of this movie but yeah that's no, but kind of the point of also hereditary also i thought it was straightforward in terms of like what going on um when all it was said and so done was. yeah that was like okay i know what going on this also well kind of straightforward but again it's about the characters and the character motivation what the character going on what's going on with the character internally let me see and yes, yes, you're right that was less clear um especially again a lot of it had to do with the meaning and symbolism because of the runes where the guy was describing with the book and the yes. runes means something and this is this and that is that and so on so and we never really get into that so now i expecting a ton of thing pieces on youtube that are gonna say oh well norse mythology is gonna tell you this and this and that and the other and if this means something so you know i, I i'm not i'll not be surprised to see some you know, our long video just explaining the runes at alone in Midsummer, right? Yeah, I expected yeah. an algorithm. You heard me over the phone, FBI and YouTube. Hi, FBI and YouTube. <laughs> um, you know, it's you know talking about that, and I expecting it soon. Um, and that's the problem. That's the only issue with it. I, and I look, I love filmmaking others do that, but at the same time, I still that that is scratching the back of your head that you want something a little more straightforward and clearer, and. I wanted a little, just a little more clearer, but look, that's a, that's a higher wire act that difficult to do. So the man do eating and I can't be mad at that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so second, second issue. Um, I know this is going to turn off. Um, uh, even, even, even people who, who kind of know what to expect of the show, like, like yours yeah. truly, uh, the pacing, it could be, bit, just, yeah. well, yeah. and you linked to the film, it could be just a well, the second half in particular. Yeah, it, it is a tad bit slow in some points, especially in the second yeah. act, as you said. And um, the, the, the show clocks in at, at almost two and a half hours. And I but felt I that it could have just... Long kept... oh, it, oh, it did? Okay. Well, I mean, uh, well, here's the thing. I, I, was, I was invested. I was invested in, I was invested I think, in everything I was that was going on. But I, but no, kind of I, was, was... I was kind of wondering, um, all right, where did, are they going to wrap up? At this point, no, and that's when the two that kicker is like, okay, right, all right, right let me just I was, stay on board. Yeah, I wasn't too caught up in the plot per se because I was just looking at just shot compositions right through the film now. Oh, just, okay, okay. Well, I, I was trying to balance both like shots yeah. and what, what the meaning of you know the, right. the, the, the I, 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 just, I was just paying attention to the shots composition almost entirely for the film because everything okay. was, yeah, everything was, oh, this look who's standing where and why and who because to become remember, it's, it's supposed everything is a ritual, so that. Is relevant, right? I right. would argue. So I get a feeling as yeah, yeah. This man just basically casting a spell on our eyes, no? and the whole thing was just like, you know, who, where, what, who come into frame, why and when, and you're trying to make sense of it either in a in a literal, direct, utilitarian sense or in the ritualistic, you know, sense of well, what they're doing and when they're dancing or wherever it is, right? And it's always something they're doing because the whole thing is a this this I forget what it is exactly, but it's something that had they had to do every ninety years or whatever it is, right? And yeah, and I was like, all right, this this working though, and that's why that's why it was working from an anthropological exercise because that internal logic you see clicking, but you, hmm. you don't get because you're not you're not part of this, right? You're the outsider, and yes. why why it work is that the other characters they themselves because they don't get it, they start making all these little dumb mistakes, and it, it costs them, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot. especially Mister Mister Will Poulter. That's all we yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he makes some really really bad calls, and what yeah, happens to him? Thing. Yeah, you know you're not <laughs> fucked up. Yep, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, but but this, but you know, as as far as gripes go, those are the only two. Those are minor for me. 
Um, but right. I know, like for for especially casual viewers, they they will be let off. They will be turned off. Sorry, by the length of it and the piece. Right. But everything else with this show, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. From the direction, um, the 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 camera movements in particular. There's one scene where it's just like the car where our characters in. And it just tilts. It does All this. Right. Yeah, that was a good shot, yeah. That is like one of the best shots I have seen That's this year. And there. you're thinking, okay, so you see this gonna linger like this? No. And then you see the sign of the for the actual village. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. As I was saying, it's such a it's such a 70 shot. Because the thing is, it because, is. It's, so, because <laughs> it it's so is. felt so free association. Um you know, it's one of those, you know, like these guys who used to be just kind of, you're not sure. You know, a lot of filmmakers like that, where you can't tell the distinction between genius and bullshitter. And what they do well is that they put in an idyllic setting and then they just do any kind of bullshit with the, with the camera and they get away with it. And, like, and then, you know, it is, it's a Rorschach text for, from your perspective now. You're wondering, is that bullshit they try to hit you? But because the, the blocking and set design and thing is so well done, yeah, I, I want to put him on the side of genius over um, bullshit other. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would yeah. put him there too. Um, but yeah, just just uh, get back to to the good stuff. Uh, Florence Pugh, wow! Right. Like I I feel bad that I skipped out on fighting with my family because uh, I right, mean, yes, I know the context of the, that, the yeah. story, you know, Paige and the wrestler and WWE shit. Like I, I know the stuff, right? But yeah, boy, she just comes through with her excellent performance. It, I would say yeah. it rivals that of Tony Collette in um. In hereditary, right. like yeah. I don't know, Ari just have a way of just making his leads just digging deep, just emotionally, yeah. boy, and just come with this like just these gut wrenching performances. Though yeah. I don't completely, uh, I, I don't say support, but it's not like a character that I kind of root for because she does kind of come off a little too much. Like, yeah, I'm sad. Look at me, but I do understand deep down inside that she's just trying to cope. That's the thing, and it's not right. easy. You know what I mean? So, for some no, people, she might come off as a pain, like a little sad sack and whatnot, but yeah. come on. But, but, but given what, what, she, what she found out about the family, how they died is like, well, yeah, boy, I mean, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, she, she, she's a real sad sack in the movie, but no, the, the scene where she, well, it's my favorite part of the movie, it's, it's, it was, so, it's supposed to be the horror part, but it was so, that was very funny to me, and the whole audience was laughing, but it works, eh? Um, well, I don't want to say what it is, but it is. It's it's let us let us call it synchronized crying, right? And yes, yes. Yes, it's bigger. Um, <laughs> I saw this in a movie, right? So this is just me being all high flute and artsy fancy, right? So it's a movie yeah. called WR Mysteries of the Organism, right? So it's this right. this Yugoslavian film, but they were like talking about um Wilhelm Wilhelm Reich. Um, and just the stuff right. that he was talking about in terms of like, you know, sex and, you know, just being human and all that kind of stuff, right? So there's one scene, so it has this kind of pseudo-documentary style, right? Where it's like this doctor doing this sort of emotional therapy on this woman, right? Or something like that. Yeah. And like, the woman was just like crying and bawling, right? But the idea is that yeah. you're relieving stress now. And yeah, when yeah. I saw that scene in the trailer, I was like, I wonder if this is what it gained at now. So when I saw it play out in the movie, it was like, this kind of is like that, though. Where, yes, yeah. um, I mean, um, Danny's character is crying, like, bawling, right? And everybody else around is going, ah, ah, like, crying with her, you know what I mean? But it's, it, it, it's, it, it's childish and it's ridiculous. And, yeah, when I saw no, it, there's people laughing to her. But it felt like that, that kind of weird kind of well, psychotherapy thing. Yeah, that, 
I don't know. I try not to spoil the movie too much, but I'm saying this is how cultures break you down now. It's something, again, when you have your faculties, you know, when you have your faculties, um, this stuff just looks silly and you could just kind of, you know, raise your eyebrow and be all snarky about it. But when you're under some serious stress and you get traumatic and you're, you're, you're not in the right place, boy, there's, there's rapping, boy. They'll, and there's little techniques like that that matter. It's worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll um, make you believe that what they are doing to you is, 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 is exactly. helping you or they'll make you feel better. Right. They'll kind of sedate you in a way, in a weird kind of psychological way. I, I, both, both emotionally and then literally, because a lot of the movie is that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, right? A lot of characters being sedated. Um, well, we'll yeah. get to get break of that. Um, particularly through drugs, actually, which I didn't expect right. in the movie, yeah. but like, of, at, like early on, they kind of hint that, well, you know, mushrooms and stuff like that. But they, right. if you look close, they kind of reveal that, well, yeah, majority of the stuff that, were, that they were fed or that they were drinking may have had yeah. some kind of hallucinogen in them. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah. just not, for them no, to run around crazy, <laughs> but it's just for them to be sedated, for them to do their... Right. Their, 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 um, their stuff to them now. Exactly. Uh, what we could work to is that, well, it's had two great scenes with that, with, um, <laughs> what cracked me up is when you see, yeah, that's what, if you're watching flowers up close, <laughs> and you see the flowers, like, swelling. And yes, and yes, that was, that, was, that, was, that was swelling and, like, constricting yeah. and stuff. I was yeah. watching that, I was like, wait there, I wonder great if I'm the only one who noticed this. No, like, they, they make it look good. Or, they make yeah, they because did, they did. And then because of the because the, because the whole movie have a real drug trip vibe to everything, so is that and then the song design, so you ain't sure what you're hearing, and they have little little tripping and the song a little out at time at times and moving yes, and it, yeah. it flows so well. And that's where the bad is like, yeah, well, they, you know, that's what put the bad in the category of genius stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and also uh, too, also to before I forget, um, the music for this too, like yes, I didn't expect this music to have such a haunting score. Um, but yes, it, it does. But um, the, the guy who did it um, is, well, his, I guess his stage name, if you will, is called the Haxon Cloak. I believe Haxon, oh. yeah, Haxon is a reference to like this um, classic, like 1920s horror flick, a vampire flick. Oh, sorry, a supernatural flick, I think it was. But I believe the guy's name is Bobby Krilk, K-R-L-I-C. Oh. But yeah, the score that he did for this was great too. Um, what I love about it, it wasn't just like, minimalist and you know just creeping in the background sometimes it will just shoot up and just be louder and like in two great scenes actually emotionally powerful scenes it kind of coincides with people screaming and crying there. so this kind of overpowers you in a sense there, you know what i mean so just like with the visuals and what the characters do in the film it's almost like the music itself kind of just overpowering you so you just kind of become sedated and kind of you know become adjusted to all this madness now um, yeah. and it's done to a great degree especially in the end though where it's like just flat out insanity eh? and the music just shoots up but it's just like alright this is the, I'm in hell right now but you know what this this kind of makes sense this kind of makes sense yeah, yeah. and this is another thing that I love about the film though there is a working sense of logic to what's going on like I'm not yeah. like I don't know, maybe I don't wait for the Blu-ray to come out with some director commentary. And then he could, you know, the director, Ari, could talk about, well, I studied all these pagan cults from, you know, back in the days. And I just pieced together yeah. certain things. But everything that happened, what these, these you know, the, the customs and all that, felt authentic. It felt real. Like, yeah. I was, yeah. it was to the point I was even worried, like, wait, this is a real, like, cult though in Sweden. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know this is a Swedish American collaboration. Uh, so yeah, yeah, in the back of my mind, I was like, wait, I hope sweet. Uh, although they, they filmed it, I believe, in Hungary, right? Yes, because I stuck okay. around for, for the credits. Like, dude, 
I, I watch this thing from start to end, to the very end. When you see the E24 logo show up, I stuck for the end of the singer. Um, not yeah. expecting like a, a stinger, but I just was just blown away by what I saw, right? Um, but they shot this, I believe, in Hungary. But I was still wondering if Swedish people were to watch this film, if they'd be like kind of turned off by it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, but I mean, direction is 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 masterful in my opinion. The music is dark, it, it gets creepier with every scene it's, it's applied to. The performances were great, even the side characters were great, you know what I mean? And yeah, they, some of them do go out in really, really messed up ways. There's some really graphic deaths in this, though. Um, I don't want to reveal what happens. It has one involving a cliff. It's only right. There's only one or two that was super graphic, but everything else was like, oh, well, it is. Okay. And yeah, yeah. But, but, but that scene in particular, which I don't want to spoil too much about, this was like, oh my God. Even I was like, close my mouth, like, oh my God. Yeah, the crowd I was, I went to the late crowd, late screen for this one. Right. Yeah. People was kind of silent for this one. It was graphic. It was like, ooh. Like that was it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, like that. Um, it's, only, it's, only of... big, it's only big sequence at the end where the audience was really laughing. Yes, up yes, 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 yes. That's, That's what I want to talk about. Um, yeah. and I don't know. In, in true European art film horror style, yes, you do have some transgressive scenes in this, right? One in particular, yeah, yeah will 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 go as one of the most painfully awkward sex scenes ever seen in your life. Yeah. But when that play out, no audience, the, the audience I was with was laughing at it. Yeah. I, I was just kind of, I was just kind of laughing at it too. But I was like, because okay, I thought, y'all, okay. y'all, y'all realize that this thing, I mean, it's funny. I don't get me wrong, yeah, but this right. is just so bizarre. You're like, that's what I thought. again, again, that's what I thought they were gonna do. I thought it would be like genuinely creepy. I thought I was going to get like, um, remember the end of, um, oh gosh, shit, which movie now? Suspiria. Oh, the witch. Oh, Suspiria. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when she, when she come to the side and then, and I don't want to say what it is because to me, oh, that was yes. just so I, I don't talk about when that, that, that caught and people he, completely she, by surprise, boy. And we were just like, and he like, he watched and he still hide her. That was yeah. funny too. Well, when and that then, moment so, happened, yeah, we were like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah folks, there are so much moments in this movie where you'll be like, What? Like, what's this yeah. going on here? But it yeah. gets gradually gets worse and worse and worse, you know, especially nearing to the end as well. It, by the end, I just kind of lost it. I was just like, All right, we in hell no. But what I would say, though, like character wise, it really does feel like everybody kind of gets what they deserve at the very end, right? Oh, yes, one more thing before I get to written. Um, the, the, but the show that people really related this to. Um, is of course the original The Wicker Man, um, which is right. I would say a classic as far as folk horror films go and cult films. It's one of my favorite cult films as well. But in in that film, where the idea was, oh well, it's this, you know, well Christian was she a Catholic man, you know, and his beliefs, his faith is being tested by all this yeah. weird pagan sexual stuff, right? And then he ends just like, no, well you were just you were just chosen, you know what I mean, to be sacrificed right. to the blah, 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 right? It does have that sort of feel to it, especially near the end, as all I'll say. Um, and it's kind of funny, too, because, well, in the remake, right, the infamous remake with uh, with Nicolas Cage, you know, one of the big funny moments was, you know, the bear suit. And it kind of do something with that right. here. But I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? But true. There's a right, shot yeah, with yeah, that. That's true. Yeah. Right, right, right. There's a yes. shot with yeah, yeah. that, by the way, with, with that bear in particular. Yeah, that, that will be like forever etched in my brain by like I you can't can... see this way. This is like the stuff of nightmares, right? And it <laughs> well, works, right? This weird, strange, bizarre way, it works, right? 
Yeah. Um, and I would say, just before I get to rating, it's in part due not just the direction, but you know, to the to the to the strong development of this village, you know, of the culture, um, the yeah. runes, the set design, which I would say the production design is Oscar worthy, in my opinion. Oh no, yeah, yeah. For production design alone. If not for sound design or or mixing yeah. or or you know whatnot or editing. Production design in this way, perfect in my opinion. You really yeah. do feel like this is some kind of archaic kind of, you know, uh, I don't say medieval, but you know, um uh, well, I, I don't say, like druid in a way. I, I think that you would no, have taken about druid. Pagan. It's, yeah, yeah, like, it's I, pagan. I forget like, the actual term, so because I don't know anything about that, that whole culture. I just kind of lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, this 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 movie works too. And just to jump to rating one time, um, I did not expect to enjoy this film so much. I I went in with high expectations, but I just had them know like, all right, let me just see how the show works, right? I let flow right. over me. It freaked me when it was supposed to freak me. It make me laugh when I was supposed to laugh. Then in the end, I was just like shaking my head, like, um, I think I see one of the best movies of the year, boy. I really think no, I did. I, I really enjoyed it. This, I really this, enjoyed this, it. this is one of the best movies of the year, and I would say this is not gonna be a film for everyone. If you're expecting yeah. the traditional annabelle-esque scares you're not gonna get that not just because it's um not supernatural but also this is a different type of horror this is your slow burn kind of horror this is the folk horror kind of thing where yeah it's just about this different culture but there's some dark stuff that's going on you know i mean some really dark messed up stuff and the reasoning behind it too is just all the more ironic it involves a, a certain character i'm not gonna say who that character is, but what, what, what is this the excuse surrounding? It's like, oh, well, yeah, this is why we do these things because of this person. And when you think about it, it's like, yeah, well, they're unsure to do. But, all, right. that's, <laughs> but that's, that is so no, true. That's about the they should have done more with. I, yeah, I, 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 they should have explored that a little bit more. But it's so more, true yeah. of a cult, though, where it's just like, at the end of the day, it's all about like this sort of self gratification in a way, like we're doing this. You know, it's you, you know, like externally, it's about you know, it's about nature, or whatnot. But literally, it's just like you want to just get all your rocks off and just do weird shit because, yeah. like, get with it and blame it, or you know, that's we culture, don't we? Blah blah blah, right? But I think I talked right. long enough about this. Yeah, this is one of the best movies of the year. This is one of my favorite. This is is right now my favorite horror movie of 2019, bar none. Is it right. better than Hereditary? Is it scarier than Hereditary? Uh-huh. No, but. It's two different but films in my opinion, but I would think it's comparison, just as the com- But the comparison really works like, it's like what us is to get out, in my head. I agree, I agree, uh, yeah. yeah. It's two different films, but they, they feel similar. Yeah. No, it's yeah, a little it's different. Thematic, it's not about the logic so much, or the, the, the actual narrative, or it's not about that, but it's just about, well, oh, what's going on, and the vagaries, and it have no twist to speak of. Like, don't, don't fight on that. Or, oh, it's yeah, a surprise yeah. level. And I'm going to straight up say that, Fighting on the twisting and anything like that. It's Philistine talk, you know. Yeah. Just don't, don't think about what... waste your time doing that with this movie. Don't even exactly. That's why I just think about it. Just don't don't fight on that aspect. Of it just yeah, take it yeah. in for this and then go through. Yeah, just take it in. Let 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 just just be immersed in it. And trust me, this movie will suck you in. Like from shot for the first shot to the end to like like I said, seeing the eight to four look at the very end. I was just sucked into this movie where at the end of it, I was just like, I don't know, but I don't know what to make of myself. I, like, like I said, it took me a while to leave the cinema. I just watching credits roll, you know what I mean? But yeah, for me, this is one of the best movies of 2019, bar none. This gets yeah. a light four and a half out of five for me. This is a definite must-see, but just seeing once again, if you're expecting a traditional horror, 
you will be severely you will be very disappointed by this but right. if you want something that you will be thinking about for like days and hell months and years to come boy yeah be brave and step into the mad insane world of midsummer you will not be disappointed yeah yeah, nah, the, the man two for two for me, you know. Nah, solid business. Yeah, 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 two uh, for two, two for two, boy. Ari, Ari's the truth. Ari's the truth, man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of that, I'm actually gonna rewatch Hereditary. Yeah, the first time I saw it, it freaked the delights out of me. Um, okay. And I thought it was a little too much for me, but I really need to watch it again. Nah, and just dig I, deep was, into the story. I don't. I wasn't. I don't know. I, I, I think because people hype it too much, I wasn't thinking. But if I, I should have gone in a lot blinder, um, like with this. All right, well, uh, I went in blind to, to heredi- uh, Hereditary. That's why I, I, it was I was, up. People hype it up in my head too much. And then when I see it, it's like, oh, well, okay. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. And, and I think because it, it, it went, the narrative itself was so ultimately straightforward and you know what's going down. It's like, oh, okay, well, all right, fine. Yeah, yeah. So um, what, what's your rating for Midsummer? I give it... Hmm, I'll say I'll give it a very, very high movie tone. Nice, um, nice. Very, very high movie tone. Mostly because it, it, again, it was a little aimless coming on to the third act. I thought they could have, I thought they would have addressed a couple things a little better. Um, but that, and ultimately that didn't really matter for what you're trying to, where you're trying to focus on and do. So it's fine. Um, yeah, everything else worked fine. Again, where it really shines and I, I give it like the, the super high IMAX score is composition, blocking, um, editing. You know, them is, the, them is the thing that you had to keep focusing on. And the story itself, in terms of what the narrative itself, didn't really gel together as much as I would like it to, but it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Um, and yeah, so just balance out to that, that very high movie tone. Right. Okay, fair enough. All right, so sticking with horror for a little bit um, with season three of Stranger Things, right? Which uh, premiered on, well, Netflix, of course, on Independence Day. So thankfully, I had my day off, so took some time, but- checked it out. Uh, it's eight episodes, um, but I did not watch the eight episodes till the following day, just simply because, I don't know, I had stuff to do, but I right. could have stuck with it overall, and I'll just say this just right off the bat before I jump into the synopsis. Um, this this was a great binge, boy. Like, this was, I don't want to say an easy binge, but this just this flowed so well for me. Uh, the episodes weren't too long. There was a lot going on, and for me, I just got my money to it. This is a perfect um, season to binge through um which uh well time wise is roughly like about eight hours max but yeah you could just run through this and not be bored and you'll just be like thoroughly entertained from start to end so um this of course is the third season in the highly popular series stranger things um yeah. when i say highly popular it's kind of funny right because I, i'll never forget when the first season came out um, i actually reviewed that on uh, bears beats and bailey but i didn't review the second one for some reason i can't remember what but I remember I saw it on the weekend when it came out, right? And checked it out, reviewed it. I, I thought it was pretty good now. And I thought that was it. And then, like, the following weeks, people just started talking about this thing on Facebook, on Twitter. And all of a sudden, like, the hype started beginning. And I'm like, all right. I thought the hype would start, like, as soon as the show come out. But it just take, like, about a week or so for everybody to just jump on this bandwagon. Now. So, yeah, everybody was like, yo, Stranger Things is the best show ever. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> to me, no. I would yeah. say it is one of the best shows, best 80s throwback shows, you know what I mean, right. out there. Because, yes, which is, visually, which is big, aesthetically, music-wise, it feels like personally. an 80s show. I, that's, why, that's why it's a kind of turn-off for me personally. Because it's like, ugh, it's just too much of that. You know, I, I, it's just, I have a kind of bad nostalgia. And that, that just falls into that camp for me personally. I'm not in the, that vibe personally. That's why I get into the show. 
So well, okay. I'll give it up. Um, okay. is it a matter of just that? Um, I mean, like for me, like I don't remember the eighties that much. I I would always call myself a child in nineties, right? Like the nineties was the decade that that I know and love, right? But there was something about the eighties, like the music, you know, the the clothing, the the stuff that was on TV, no, the stuff that was in theater, stuff like that. But it's no, is the, it the, like I, I just, that in I just particular that you don't like about or doesn't connect with you. Um, no, I know the 80s, I know the eighties. Just some share like. You know, mostly reruns and syndication stuff. That's it. Right. I mean, right, I, right. I didn't it is myself, but again, it's just something that it, 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 the problem with it is that it's just it felt it feels as if it's done so deliberately. You know, it's a little too obvious, especially with the show. So okay, I can't yeah, die okay. Whatever. Yeah, I, I understand what I mean. I understand what I mean. Yeah. Um, and you know, some people will just love the hell out of the show because it's so eighties now. But right. to me, um, that's just like. A major part of the show, but it's not the entirety of the show. There's a lot of things going on, you know. What I mean, from one thing, the storytelling, um, but really, what makes the show work are uh, the characters. You know, what I mean, there's just some great, compelling characters, characters that you really do love. You know, what I mean, and appreciate, right? <clears throat> Sorry. Um. So basically, where season three, you know, uh, follows, right? So now we're in 1985, right? So from 83, where season one started, off to 85, right? So of course. Our main characters, where well, the kids themselves have gotten older, um, Mike, Dustin, uh, Lucas, Will, um, Eleven's back as well, um, played once again by Millie Bobby Brown. Um, and what they, from what they set up in the last season, yeah, well, the kids have grown up. They, they're pretty much like in the early teens right now. Um, of course, well, you know, music-wise, they throw in a lot of power ballads here because, yeah, it's about love now, you know what I mean? So... Mike and Eleven, they were items, so yeah, now they're official, and now, well, at the very end of the last season, um, she legally becomes the daughter of Jim Hopper, who is the sheriff yeah. of uh, Hawkins, right? So, um, now I have this thing where Mike and Eleven just, you know, out together, or they're always in the room, well, in her room, you know, making out, right? Kissing and stuff like that, you know what little 13-year-old kids do, right? And of course, yeah. well, Mike, sorry, um, Jim is just like, you know what I mean, this is uncomfortable, I don't really like this, but then again, you know what I mean, he hasn't been out a dad for like a long while, right? So it's kind of hard for him to kind of, you know, you know, exact some sort of order, you know what I mean? Um, he He's still friends with uh, Joyce Byers, right, who's played by Winona Ryder, but unfortunately, because of what happened last season where her um, love interest, who's played by Sean Astin of all people, got killed, right, by these, yeah. well, the, the Morgan... Um, Demon dogs or the Morgans or whatever you call them. These little demonic kind of dogs that came from the the dimension of the upside down, right? Um so yeah, he died in well, he died while he was trying to more or less close this portal from being open and all these demonic creatures come out, right? Uh so yeah, this still affects her, but you know, she still has the friendship with um with uh Jim. And they kind of hit that, yeah, it could, it kind of boring on romantic, even though it's just a lot of moments of them kind of arguing and just not accepting the fact that, yeah, they do, they do like each other, you know, they, they come from loss and it's just like, well, they kind of need each other. Um, right. Who else? Lucas, who's the, the black kid, um, he is in a relationship with uh, Max, this girl who was introduced in season two. Um, good for him. Um, Dustin, who's one of my favorite characters, he shows back up from from camp, and apparently he had this like uh, he started this this relationship with this girl, and every like the, the running gimmick is like, oh, that's a real you are no girlfriend, you're just lying, right? But I won't say what happens there. 
And then, of course, we had Will Byers, you know, Joyce's um, son, you know, who has been like the central character, one of the two central characters, the second one being um, Eleven in this series, right? Him being captured and put into the the that same dimension of the upside down. And then the second one, him being possessed by one of the creatures there. So now he's just trying to get by in his life, trying to connect with his friend, uh, with his friend, sorry. But because, yeah, the three of them, the three of them have girlfriends. It's like, yeah, I'm the only, I'm the odd one out. So, yeah, you know what I mean? But in their defense, it's like, well, you know, we can't be playing Dungeons and Dragons all we life, right? So it's just like, well, all right, well, cool, born all you then, right? So, um, getting back to, to, to Max's character, right? So her douchebag of a, of a stepbrother, right? Um. His name is um, let me see if I get his name. Uh, Billy, right? Billy Hargrove. Um, there's a subplot involving him where and going ETs now. So yes, we have to bring in the Russians now. So yes, the Russian there's, there's these Russian bad guys who also trying to open this portal to the upside down, and in the process, this creature comes out and ends up possessing uh, Billy, and through that, ends up possessing some other people as well, and. I would say from an 80s body horror perspective, yeah, the shit kind of borders on really frightening because, like, how the creature is formed is basically through the blood and bones, just like the distorted bodies of its big uh, of its victims. Sorry, it becomes this big gigantic creature. Now. But the way how the, the the monster grows and develops, boy, is yeah, like hands down, this is one of the most frightening, sickness uh, creature in the Stranger World, uh, Stranger Things universe thus far, boy. That's the way how, just thinking about the way how it becomes bigger and you know more terrifying is kind of creepy. That's just really, really kind of messed up. But yeah, so we have this new threat now. It possesses uh, Billy and. Now we have this thing involving the Russians and they have this secret pluck going on in this underground chamber that just so happens to be underneath this mall because, yeah, they, they incorporate this theme of, well, hey, we have a mall and, you know, all these um, stores now and all these kids coming in for summer to buy stuff and all these other businesses, uh, you know, losing clients and, yeah, they, they more or less shut it down, right? And of course, well, this kind of affects things in the in the town. But the right. mayor, who is played by Carrie Eels of all people, right? You know, from um, Princess Bride and from Saw, right? Yeah, he's just kind of nonplussed about it. It's like, well, yeah, this is the future, right? You know, what I mean, malls are popular, right? But there's a kind of he has like these ulterior motives as well, which I don't want to reveal. So yeah, there's all this stuff going on. Um, of course, well, we you know characters show back up like um, Jonathan Byers, right? Who is um, who is Will's older uh, brother? Yes, he is in a relationship now with um, this girl, Nancy Wheeler. You know, she shows back up. Her ex-boyfriend, Steve Harrington, who kind of decides that, you know, he just has to be a better man. He's working in um, this ice cream shop, basically, uh, with this new girl. Her name is Robin, right? And it's this kind of, like, relationship going on with them. So, in a nutshell, it's just relationships, them kind of dealing with responsibilities and whatnot. But, yes, once again, there's another threat, you know, affecting Hawkins. And this, of course, affects Eleven. Yes, Eleven now is kind of the central... She, yeah, she's like the main central character in all of this now. Because, um, yeah, it's basically like these creatures from the Upside Down want her in particular. They want to get rid of her. Because she just proves to be like this big threat to them, basically. And I'll stop right there. So, uh, I would just say right off this, uh, right off the bat, um, this is actually the most enjoyable season of um, Stranger Things thus far. Like, shockingly. Um... It doesn't really suffer from a 
kind of a sluggish pace that the last season suffered from. And in retrospect, well, I don't know if you saw it, uh, there was this particular episode that, you know, many fans kind of cried out against. They didn't really like it. Um, it involves um, this uh, character who also was in the same sort of facility with Eleven, right? Her name is Eight, and she has, you know, psychic powers as well, too. And what I didn't like about it initially was that the story just kind of stops just to show, you know, Eleven's um, character arc kind of comes to this particular point. So she has to work with um, Eight, and Eight's doing all these nefarious crimes and whatnot. And then she kind of, you know, Eleven kind of sees the light to realize, well, yes, my friends matter, so now I have to go back to them. So it kind of feels like a filler episode, basically. That's the best way I can describe it. It's a filler episode. But thematically, you know, watching it again, because I actually recapped the second season. Thematically, I get it. It actually makes a lot more sense the second time around. But yeah, right. it was one of those kind of throwaway episodes. You didn't really need it. But I, I thought in terms of fleshing out Eleven's character and her motivation, I thought that worked. Um, so yes, speaking of characters, yes, everybody kills it once again. The 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 child characters, or I should say, the young teen characters, are fantastic in this. Everybody comes through as well. Um, Eleven, or I mean, Millie Bob, Bob, Bobby Brown, she's great as Eleven. Um, there's like a great little subplot involving her and Max. So like basically. Max trying to, you know, just this basically wants her to, you know, just uh, um, step out of the box basically and just be right. a girl, you know what I mean? Go to the mall, you know, buy new clothes, you know, you mean just enjoy her life instead of being under um, Jim Hooper's, Hopper's, sorry, um, shadow basically, right? Um, and that's another powerful subplot here as well, too, because, yeah, he wants to protect her, you know, because he knows that she's a serious threat. And, you know, if anybody were to try to attack her, you know, they have these like really terrible um, consequences. Right. But, you know, she's she's growing up, you know, what I mean, and she deserves the right to grow up, basically. Right. And that's something that, well, Jim kind of learns the hard way. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I like the, the relationships. I like that, you know, well, you know, Mike and Lucas and Dustin have this significant others. But I felt, not saying that Will needed a girlfriend, but I felt that there was kind of like little purpose for Will. Now. He was just kind of cast background. It's just like, well, you know, we, we done had two seasons about you, so now you can just go in the back and just, you know, just chill. But um, I, I felt that because he was just such an integral character in the world of Stranger Things, they could have given him more to do. He was just literally in, a, in the background for a majority of these episodes. Uh, for a majority of scenes, actually, in this season, man, right. I felt that was that was a that was a disappointment to me. Okay, yeah, he was just, he's he's an important character. It's just like they just kind of threw him away, basically, right? Um, <clears throat> and another thing that I really do praise this season for is giving more screen time to to side characters. So it's not just the kids that have a lot more screen time. Um, Joyce gets more screen time. Um, Joyce and Jim gets more screen time compared to the last season. This is conspiracy terrorist guy. I forget his name. Who uh, Murray? That's his name, right? Who returns again? He provides some some great laughs. He's given more to do. Uh, Lucas's sister, actually, his little sister, little bratty, really sarcastic sister, um, is given way more to do in this season here. I thought that you know she had some really standout moments. One in particular involving her um, <clears throat> doing this mission, basically, basically is to spy or to do this thing where Steve kind of uncovers this whole. Um, well, Steve and Robin uncovered this whole thing involving the Russians, right? So, <clears throat> so they end up recruit, um, 
they end up recruiting uh, Lucas's sister to help. But, you know, she's just kind of watching them like, you know, I'm, I'm in love with you, Gil, and you basically want to put me in the line of fire. But the delivery that she gives here, the way how, she, how that whole scene plays out, and just how she just responds to each and every um, each and every request that she's given, I, I, I thought was, was, was brilliant in my opinion. I just love what they did here. Um, the visual effects I thought were really great here, especially in the design of the, you know, the main body creature here. Um, right. In true 80s fashion, it is monstrous. It is really disgusting looking. Yeah, it, it is really, really, really disgusting. But the way how they put, it really, the way how they set it up, though, it really does harken back to, yeah, to, to 80s horror films and sci-fi films, you know. Stuff like The Blob and The Stuff and, you know, just these kind of body horror kind of, um, you know, films, right? And, yeah, there are some body horror moments in the film, in this um, series here. Um, some now is just kind of bordering on some TV Emmy shit, like some really dark R-rated stuff. But I thought it worked in terms of the tone. <clears throat> and um, also speaking of the tone, it mostly evens out when it comes to just balancing the really dark, um, emotionally powerful moments with the more light-hearted, humorous fear. And yes, they do kind of remind people that yes, it's it, it's the 80s, right? So they give us some little cheesy moments here, there, but it's all kind of intentional, right? So some of these, well, I would say though, like, um, well, it's, especially for you, Ricardo, if you just kind of get fed up of just seeing these 80 throwback shows or just seeing 80 troops, you know, being done, and especially in the second yeah. half of this this season, they throw a lot of 80 troops, where especially with the, with the Russians, uh, more particularly with the Russians just being villains and. You know, you always have to have the Russian general who looks menacing, and then he always have to have a doctor who's good at torturing people. That's all I would say, right? Um, it yeah. even goes to having a character that is straight up a rip off of the Terminator dread. Right. Like as a guy, a Russian guy, right? Who is skilled at killing, right? Especially with guns. And the way how he talks, the way how he dresses, the way how he moves, it's like, yeah, this is a this is Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first Terminator movie dread. Yeah. And it's all intentional, <laughs> but I would say if you just if tropes like that just just running up a wall, then you will just be annoyed by these moments, boy. But because it just embraces its eatiness and just celebrates it so much, a little too much, I would say. Yeah, I was just like, all right, this is what it is. It's the eighties, folks. So let me just do this, right? Um. So, but what I would say though, most times, if but not all the time, they do kind of flip certain tropes. So you would think, oh, well, it's the eighties, so. Yeah, this is gonna play out this way, but no, they kind of flip it in a certain way. Where it's like, all right, that's that's kind of clever. That's kind of clever. All right, but yeah, uh, performances were great. Vis- um, the well, the the visual effects were great. I would say production design is stellar as well. You know, once again, this is well made. You know, just beautifully shot. Um, especially like the interior shots of, especially like with the mall and stuff like that. Just well done. You know, especially with the colors and you know the. Just the palette that they use here. It really does feel like, yeah, like like legit that you are in this 80s setting. Um, what else? The music is well done as well. And not just talking about the theme song. And, you know, just the dark synth music that they use throughout this works. Uh, and they, use, they have some light-hearted moments, of course. Um, also, in true 80s fashion, just throw some Billboard top 10 hits on you. From the first episode to the very end, just threw a bunch of just like, like just classic '80s songs, boy. But what I always love is how conscientious these the uh, the creators are. So, yes, it's set in 1985, but you won't hear stuff from 
the late eighties. It's all from nineteen eighty five before um till like say like from from eighty five go downward. You know what I mean? So I love that, right? Even right down to the to the props use or you know the stuff that's on TV. You know, it's it's always from that era, but it never kind of steps out of it. You know, we like say like a pixels for example. Pixels is like notorious for that where. Yes, yeah, a time capsule from 1982. So I've seen characters from like the late 80s. That was dumb. Right. Um, are there any drawbacks though? Um, well, let's see. Uh, well, once again, you know, just the little use of will bias in this, I thought was like the biggest drawback for me. I really felt that they could, could have given them more to do. Oh, one thing I really do praise the season for, and I'll get to rating in a little bit, um, is that they do separate our characters, right? So it's like right. characters... Yeah. Go on the they become they form little groups and they go on the little missions and whatnot, but they all kind of come together at the very end. I really love that. It it kind of has this sort of like a uh, sort of like Lord of the Rings, the two towers kind of feel where the group yes. the fellowship splits up to do missions, but they all come together. You know what I mean? So I, I, yeah, it's a shame that it had to happen in season three as opposed to season two, but it happens, and I thought that it worked perfectly, right? Um, but yeah, once again, what I would say, just another gripe too, is the amount of 80s troops. You know what I mean? Um, from Russians being the villains. I heard this was like a, a criticism. Even though to the show's defense, it's not like all the Russians are bad, right? There are a couple of Russians who are good, right? That's all I'll say. But then you have the extras who just dare to be like cannon fodder, basically, right? Uh, to be victims and whatnot. Yeah, so for some people, the whole 80s troops might be a little too much. It, it's, it's almost to the point that you might think that the show heavily relies on 80s troops just to have a story right even though you have a compelling engaging enough story so yeah for some people the whole 80s troop stuff will be a turn off for me i was just like this is kind of fun it's it's tongue-in-cheek you know we they kind of poking fun at it um but yeah i imagine you know if you just fill up of these 80s throwback shows anyway you just find you know all that stuff to be a turn off but yeah other than that though this was a solid um season for me I really had fun um, binging it. At no point in time did I feel bored or I didn't feel like it, it you know, any particular moment take me out of it. So rating-wise, I'll give this a decent 4 to 5, man. Um, this was this this was certainly worth it. Um, oh, and by the way, them, it, this season being released on Independence Day was another uh, was, was a stroke of genius because, yes, it is set in the week before july 4th and it do work in independence day it's not too although uh, this is not a uh uh gripe for me though but i thought they would have played the independence day thing there and a little bit more say but not exactly like um say like a independence day movie right from 96 you know where all right in the end you had the fireworks moments you know if you remember what i talk about like i thought they would incorporate the whole independence day thing a little bit more you know, similar like how season one had the Halloween stuff going on. I thought it would have roped in the holiday aspect a little bit more. But speaking of that, I can't wait to see what they do in the next season. Maybe they might try for Thanksgiving or maybe they might go for Christmas. Who knows? I would like to right. see Christmas in Hawkins and, you know, just see how crazy things could get. You know what I mean? I think they kind of worked that in there in the end of the full season. But I'd like to see that play out a little bit more in the next season. Who knows? But yeah, right. um, if you are a fan of this show, you will enjoy the hell out of this. If you're fed up of 80s shows or 80s throwback shows, you just kind of roll your eyes at this one and be like, nope, next. But 
if you've been sticking with this series from day one, you will enjoy the hell out of it. Um, and, you know, once again with the season here, it just shows just the creativity. You know, it's not just taking 80 stuff and just recycling it. No, it's using that just more or less as a foundation to tell this really, really, really entertaining story. I wouldn't say great story, but really compelling story with, yeah, some great characters, some memorable characters at that. So, yeah, by all means, I recommend you do check it out. It is a great binge. It'll take like about eight hours, but believe me, you'll be enjoying uh, every moment of it. And I would say like the episodes just get better and better and better until the very end, which that final episode is like about uh, 80 minutes long. Um, the last 10, 15 minutes, a little on the long end as far as closure, or at least I would say the, the epilogue goes. But where they take the characters, I would say, yeah, Hammer, like, Wow, I really can't wait to see what they do next with with that with those characters. What 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 we're gonna get next with Stranger Things? How Stranger? How, how, how much more Stranger gonna get with this show here? But um, I hope that they don't overdo it. I hope they don't give me like seven, eight seasons. I hope they just kind of wrap up either with this new this upcoming season or the fifth one. Who knows? But yeah, season three is the real deal. I'm a fan now. I'm, I'm into this vibe now. I know why some people won't be into it. It's still not the greatest show in the world. But yeah, this is just such an enjoyable series. It's so enjoyable, in fact, that I just can't wait to see what they do next. So by all means, I recommend Season 3 of Stranger Things. with Netflix for a bit. Right. We talk about Shaft for a minute. <laughs> uh, I, I, may, I, may I begin? May I begin? Yeah, I so, I... My history with Shaft, right? So, of course, I saw the first one, 1971. It's not as... Like, people truly would classic at that show. Like, I wouldn't say it's like a, like a masterpiece, you know, as far as movies go but as in terms of black exploitation in terms of what it's set up in terms of having a black actor you know richard roundtree be the lead you know what i mean in a in a hollywood film that was a big deal right and as you think it was a hollywood film it was that indie film you know what i mean like what melvin Bab- van peebles did before it was a hollywood film right and he was the lead 
it was unapologetically black. He was un- uh, unapologetically black, I would say, you know, talking jive, man, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, of course, they play on his virility, of course, on, on his looks, on his mannerisms, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he will stop at nothing to get the job done, to stop that bad guy. Of course, you had the Oscar-winning song from Isaac Keys, Rest in Peace, Team from Shaft, one of the best team songs ever. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no masterpiece, sir, but the first movie, it has its place in terms of movie history, right? So, yeah. cut to 2000, right? And we had the reboot slash remake from John Singleton, Rest in Peace, right? And yeah. I actually watched that before watching this 2019 Shaft. And I would say, um, it's still a decent movie. It is still a yeah. very uh, I remember enjoying it back then. I saw it. Yeah, I remember. Was Buster Rhymes was in it. Yeah, Buster Rhymes was in it. And I forgot. Um, Kristen Beale was in it. And I don't yeah. know. This is like, like, along with him That's being true. in American Psycho. That's all. Along with him being in American Psycho, this was another film where he was playing a villain and like a real douchey, thick yeah. version. Like a real, a real asshole in this. Though, I wouldn't lie, but yeah. but in this case, he was a racist because he killed he killed poor Mackay Pfeiffer though, at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they played this whole kind of dirty Harry thing where the law would let him go because well they don't have enough evidence Butch. and we have you know just bullshit, right? And yeah. Sharp will just be that guy who will just be following that guy like, nah, 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 nah. Law can't lay a slide, but you know what? I could be on to you, Jed. I could be on to you. I'll follow you wherever you go. You, you, you go to Switzerland, you come back. As you come off the plane, I could be waiting for you. So they play that whole Dirty Harry vibe in that film. But why, why, why I forgot, though, I forgot Jeffrey Wright was in this movie. He yeah, played yeah. the, the Tito vil, uh, villainous, and I will play, I will lie, he played that. And this is another thing that make this show work, right? The total shaft, right? It's very much ex- um, black exploitation, you know. And yeah. you know, under uh, on professional hand, you know, it would have been just caricatures and stereotypes, right? But John was just able to take these stereotypes and flesh them out a little bit. So I play with it, Jeff- yeah. Yeah, I play with it, right? So Jeffrey Wright wasn't just this Latino guy who talks like this and yeah, man, what's up, essay? It wasn't like that. They gave him some character. Uh, there's a great, there's a couple of great moments with him and Christian Bale in particular. I mean, uh, one in yeah. prison and the next one where he was trying to sell his his jewels to try to make money. And <laughs> Jeffrey Wright was like, "Yo, I because you are a white man, I want you to go and like sell sell my my drugs for me, Jeff. Like you could pull it off. Like those are great yeah. scenes, right? Even Christian Bale himself is not just, oh, I'm just the white, you know, the white villain. You know what I mean? And I I I hate black people. It wasn't like that. It's just yeah, the man's a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah, he. Through some racial slurs um, ever so often, but he's not like, oh, I just hate black people just because. They give him right. some depth as well, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it does play on, you know, just black exploitation characters. So you have the thugs, you know what I mean? You have the, the Latino and the black gangsters, the hoods and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't too much of it. It was modern, it felt fresh. And what I like also is that it felt like a modern take on Shaft, right? Who was, who was played, of course, by Samuel Jackson. So he wasn't the sex machine that, that he was in the original film. But it's like, well, yes, yeah, 2000. So he can't really stop the show to have moments of him just going out with some gear, right? He had to show him being the man, right? And, you know, of course, be with, with um, Samuel Jackson being in the, in the role, he just had all these wise cracks and just had something to say to everybody, right? Which 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 I dug. Um, and this one last thing I want to say before we get to your history with the Shaft franchise. Um Apparently, there was some falling outs between Samuel and John during production of the show. Like, apparently, they didn't really like the, the script all that well. They didn't like the, the direction where they were taking Shaft. 
I'm not too sure what happened well, there, but that would explain why it is we haven't had a sequel to Shaft, even though the movie was financially successful, and rightfully right. so, for years until now, right? Which, yeah, I mean, John isn't involved because, and of this, this is before he passed away, of course, right? But he's not involved. Now we have Tim's story directing it. But it's yes, Samuel Jackson again. And you would think, oh, it's a role that he liked. He enjoys playing. You could see that in the 2000 film. But for me, thinking about like what was going on behind the scenes, I was like, yeah, I really want to do this again. You know, like, I'm bigger than this. But he's back playing Shaft. So, well. But yeah, uh, Ricardo, what's your, what's your history with, um, well, <laughs> with the first Shaft movie and, well, the 2000 Shaft? In particular, yeah, that's just marginally, you know, familiar with the Shaft movie. I remember watching it on cable once. That was it. Like it's, you know, it's it's one of those things that yeah, you get it's iconic, but it, like it's so a product. It's time you end up, you can't really gain it. Um, it that's really super flat. All that seriously needed. Exactly. Um, yeah. But no, like, just, I, just just like um, just like Superfly as well. You know right. what I mean? And um, right. well, just like Superfly, you know, with the remake, which I actually like, just um, for it being trashy. Like, my kind yeah, I gave that a chance to mention. I thought it was alright. Um, for what it was. And yeah, you know, you're right. Um, it's one of those things that you get that you know, it's one of those things with with the product of its time thing, you get why people at the time would have like it. Because you know, a lot of movies exist in a vacuum, you know, you don't really have anything like that before, so you get why it was kind of popular then. But because so much time passes, like, all right, okay, enough. You kinda don't care about it. But you get why it was popular. A lot exactly. of shows and comedians and, and entertainment that is like that for me, and I can imagine that'll be like that for you know, f- you know, children younger than me, a generation zero, ever right? Same thing, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, but what do you think about the, the 2000 shaft? Uh, 2000 movie, I remember really enjoying in theaters. I went to see that in national, you know, down okay. south, and I, I, yeah, I, I, saw I, it in, um, I saw it in Windsor actually, rest right? Windsor. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I enjoyed the movie a lot for what it was. It was pretty cool, um, it was, it was pretty funny actually, like generally yeah, funny. But it, I'll it, talk it, about humor. I'll talk about humor with yeah. this remake. But continue. It did what it did what it was supposed to do um, for what it was, and yeah, I remember digging the hell out of it again. I remember Buster Rhymes was a Trinidadian in this thing. So yeah, he had a Trinidad yeah. flag. And I was like, yeah, it's huge. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he all right. Like first time I see him, he assume he's a he's a Rastafarian, and it's funny because he was hearing um oh gosh, he was hearing Mr. Vegas and Sean Paul hot gal today. I remember being blown away when I heard that in a Hollywood movie. Yeah? I yeah. was like, holy crap, you're hearing, you're hearing yeah, that? Yeah, that, 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 that. But later on, you see the Trinidad flag. It's like, but wait, no. you Jamaica yeah. or you Trini? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, yeah, I remember having fun with it. Christian Bale was pretty good. People's, um, what's his name? Yeah, Jeffrey Wright, People's Hernandez, that's the character. Um, yeah. He's pretty good at this. They had a good script and plot. It was straight. Like, I, it, was, it was good. Solid. Solid filmmaking. I remember enjoying it. it and me and Money, right? Um, it did. It did. It, it was a success. It was a. Su- I believe it was a commercial success. Maybe it, it didn't make too much money, but it it was a success all the same. Right. And so I remember enjoying that at the time. It's like, yeah, cool. And yeah, I was actually surprised that we didn't that didn't get a sequel. You know, especially if something like fucking Charlie's Angels could get a sequel. I uh, know, right? Yeah, and and yeah. and a reboot that we get yeah. this year because okay, yeah, we get our next reboot for that. Oh, and they're looking terrible. Whoever. Yeah. Um, they, they had me at directed. From director Elizabeth Banks, show. but yeah, I see, but I was like, um, M- McGill get to direct it. Okay, cool, but right. Charlie Angels, though. So, uh, right. I don't know. But anyway, but, yeah, no, and so I was really surprised at the thing, and then I remember just enjoying the film, and then well, time went on. You know, that was nineteen years ago. <laughs> so, exactly. So, I was so, like, okay, well, they never make it. 
Yeah, um, so, cool. So, so cut to this movie here that I saw three or four. Let me make a point eh, before we start. Uh-huh. All the fuck stories we keep getting work in Hollywood, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, fuck, I'm sorry. Fuck up two fantastic four movies. I I know. I know. And <laughs> some black director. How nigga? How? Whatever. I don't know. I I. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the man doing heating, I guess, but it's like why? Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. cut to 19 years now and we have the, the reboot slash remake of Shaft. I would say it's more sequel than actual reboot, yeah, because it does right. follow up from, from the last movie. Right, uh, right. And we are introduced to a new character in the form of John Shaft Jr., aka JJ, right? right. Who's played by uh, uh played by Jesse Usher. And right. what's funny about him being in the movie is that last time I saw him was in my pick for Will's movie in 2016, exactly. which was Independence Day Resurgence, where he played the son of Will Smith's character. So it's like, exactly. what is with him playing sons of characters? Yes, I'm close here. Yeah. If you see him as a black man turned in that movie, boy, you're not fucked. Yeah, boy. What is this? What is with this casting trend? But, uh, Ricardo, just want to run through what Shaft... No, they, 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 they could even go as far to give it, uh, like, I had, like, Shaft's big score. Well, that was uh, a sequel to the original one, but Oh gosh, you had Shaft, and then you had Shaft in 2000, so we go in Shaft again, so... Right. Anyway, well, what, what, what is Shaft 2019 about? Yeah, so basically, it's just Junior, I think Junior going to college, he wanted to meet back the father, they show the beginning where the mother leave, leave him because it was too dangerous, and she kind of, he kind of promised her, it's, uh, who was the mother by us, uh, machine by, she it was, hosts BTR. It, right? uh, it was Regina, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Yeah, she right. She hosts BT Awards, right? Yeah, I, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I feel sorry for her in this show because I mean I love her. This this as a as a comedic actress or whatnot, but she deserves yeah. better in this way. Yeah. So they just um they do the agent tech for Sam Jackson, which is like when I mean they clearly don't have Disney money, yeah, so <laughs> it look kind of bad. It it, it, did. Um, it, it did. Um. So basically, she she had she had to leave him, and so you show they show Junior growing up with the father effectively. The father just kind of just sending him gifts and money and whatever it is he had to send him, you know, when he growing up now. And so eventually, I think he had, he's going to college now. And he can, I think he wanted to come back to meet the father, but I forget exactly well, why well, he did well, it. All right, you'll say college, but um, he's a, he works for the FBI, actually, as a, as a data, as a, as a data, I said data, as a data analyst, right? Right. And go and continue. Right. So he, I think he just, yeah, he wanted to become a police officer like the dad, right? And he wanted to just join up with the father. I think that's pretty much it, right? Well, all right. So, so what happens is uh, that uh, he, well, he runs, he runs into an old friend of his. He runs into an old right. friend of his. Right, right, right. Sorry about that. Yeah. Right. Friend, no, no, like, no, I understand. I understand. It's, it's one of those yeah, forgettable yeah. plots. It is really forgettable. Yeah, right? that's true. Right, right, right. right. I saw it a, a few days ago, so I just seen it before. I've just seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've yeah, yeah. I, I I will I, I just go it off of like three days memory. They make a mistake too. I thought the film was gonna cater to the Father's Day thing. Right? With that now. So I didn't think they would have do something interesting because I cannot make a joke already about that. It's like they should have a Father's Day promo, promotion poster called Happy Father's Day Motherfuckers or something like that. Oh, that would have been right? excellent, yeah. Yeah, right? It's a simple idea, right? So instead of mother, shut your mouth, you can say father, shut your mouth. Or something like that, whatever. But the point is that um, I thought they were going to do something more interesting with the plot in the fatherhood stuff now. Uh, you go ahead. Yeah, right. So he's a detailist for the FBI. 
of course, people really take him seriously because he's all preppy and whatnot, which he always says, well, you know, it's because of his upbringing, right, uh, from his mom. Um, anyway, so he runs into an old friend who working for this, uh, like these these old ex-soldiers who go through PTSD, uh, right. you know, just them dealing with each other, like brothers helping brothers, I believe that's the name of it. And in this really awkward way, hinted at the fact that his friend is going to get killed. And right. so, so, so that, get killed yeah. and well it was a drug overdose actually and uh well he's like well i need to investigate this so he enlists well he he, he seeks his, his father out for help because you know well right. you know your father just still in harlem doing the whole you know just busting doing the whole vigilante stuff right because uh yeah from the last film way back he quit, when yeah. He, he, yeah. yeah he quit the police force quit right the force, yeah, yeah i i actually remember that well right yeah, yeah um, i remember that yeah yeah, yeah. of course well, old John rips his son down to shreds. It's just like, well, right. look at how you grow up real sissified, basically. Yeah, no, right. that, that's a reference that to John with the spoon, but it's way more, it's way more, uh, it's way more explicit than, than how I described okay. it. Okay, yeah. so right there, right there to me is the failure of the film. Yep, Immediately. you're right. Where, look, I get where you're doing the sissified and you're, you're making the character like, oh, he's this old black man and it's, it's about old masculinity and stuff. I mean, I expected it to be this big feminist screed on toxic masculinity or anything like that, but you could have sat down and have a workable script about what the new generation feels and thinks about black people, especially on the black side of things with black men. And yeah. they didn't come close to trying to build a characterization. I mean, this, you know what this is? This is Dyad 5 all over again. <laughs> Great reference. That's what this is. This is, this is, this is uh, a good day to die hard indeed. Right. right. This is right. So where you had a chance to do some interesting world building and you just do the laziest bottom of the barrel bullshit with it. And you didn't think to explore these characters and make it have it have it work. But it's like everything is well, you have a son this time. What are you gonna do about that? And they do almost nothing with it other than well, you just seen them, you know, fight together. Yeah. Nothing explored, nothing interesting. Nothing. <laughs> right? Whatever. Go ahead though. All right. So I will I allow me to rip this movie to shreds, but yeah. there really isn't that much to say, boy. So you're right in terms of just the way how Shaft is represented here. And if you remember from the last film, basically, because it's John Singleton directed, right? So remember what, what you said about our uh, with our John Singleton tribute, right? With him not wanting to make all these woke films, right? But in right. the 2000s, Shaft, he was sneaking in some woke moments that basically just oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So but it worked, it wasn't too much, right? It's just right, enough for you to understand job, why a character like John would exist in a world like this and why right. they kind of make him to be like a hero. Like, basically, he's the hero of Harlem, basically, right? He would do right. what the police can't do, what the man can't do, right? That was that was, that was was the gist of the 2000 shaft, and that's why it worked. This one here is like, he just like, I don't know, like, not even <laughs> a caricature of that. It's just like, he's like an old water down jaded cynical version of that uh right. there's, li- there's little to nothing of him that kind of screams yeah boy he's he's still the man he's still a hero he yeah. just feels kind of washed up and useless basically like he's still doing his thing he's still doing the wisecracks and all that but right. those moments with him talking down to his son talking down him, and what it, what what they would try to do basically is like you know john's ways and samuel jackson's ways still work and you know the millennials way, or at least John Jr.'s way, nah, that ain't gonna work, you know what I mean? You have Wi-Fi right. and all that, you could go online and look and analyze this. No, 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 no. 
I just go to the source. I go into that crack house. I find that person. I beat that person up for for, for info. That's what I do, man. You know what I mean? Right. But what your your uh Judge Julia's methods aren't smart. That's what you're trying to say. She just kind of right. beats them up. Well, um, beats them up. Uh, that's psychologically, but verbally, because he's yeah. a tough guy like you. And the film itself could have display on that. Like, you know, it's 2019. What really does, like, this whole tough guy stuff doesn't really make sense. Isn't really justifiable. No. No. What's just stupid about is that the John character is overplayed as nerdy too. Now. And it's, again, another character, John Nerdy. Again, I don't mind you have a smart character, but this is like Christopher Reeve Superman clacking nonsense now. He's like a yeah, bumbling yeah, yeah. nerd character, which I fucking hate. Like, exactly. completely fucking. And they do these annoying moments where it's like, oh my god, why is this place so, why is there so much shooting? And we yeah. like always reacting to things verbally, like, yeah. oh dude, like, why? Why, why is it about that? Yeah, why is it about that? We, like, in, in, in thing, in um, the movie we just reviewed, this, uh, what do you call it, in, in Midsummer, that character makes a lot of sense as a nerd, right? Yeah. You know, he's yes, just yes, a yes. guy. Yeah, he has his job to do. He has his thing to do. Why they couldn't just give that the character? Why they have this, this insane bubbling nonsense character? And I, yeah. I, I, I hated that. And they had this 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 painfully painfully generic subplot involving this girl, this rather attractive girl, I must say. Called uh, her name in the movie is Sasha, right? And yeah, right, right. like yeah, she, she like him, yeah. but it's like you know. And, and then they had this shoehorn in gunfight. During a, okay. during a sea wedding in a restaurant. And she have a gun, right? And I was like, no, wait. And he takes the gun and shooting down guys in slow-mo. And, and, and at that moment, I was like, y'all, y'all just don't yeah. care, right? Y'all just don't care. Yeah, and afterwards, yeah. he's like, well, oh, well, I don't like, yeah, I don't like guns, but I don't mean I don't know how to use a gun. Yeah, whatever. But still, it's just once yeah. again, it, it could have shown the lady actually fired off some shots like she have the gun in her purse let her do it it's like but no we have to show John Junior be the man man like his dad like his yeah. old archaic dad right and <coughs> speaking of old archaic dad uh, poor Richard Roundtree or oh, I should say yeah. uh, I don't even want uh, yeah, but poor, yeah poor him but here's the thing eh? one he comes in about 15 minutes into the end of the movie yeah it's yes, the movie. That, in the middle what? of the show. Yeah, like what? Like in the in the yeah. 2000 shaft, he showed up like probably twice, but that was like around the, in the middle in, in key moments, right? And in the end, right? Right. This one, you bring him in, and when he comes, I was like, oh yeah, he in this too. Yeah. yeah. Right. And dude, the man, and again, as he comes you see in, what I mean? uh, but here's the funny yeah. part. As he comes in, I don't know, maybe it's because of his look, maybe of that really, really white beard he rocked by, which looked real dread, yeah. by the way. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. show. He stole it from both Samuel Jackson and Jesse Usher as he right. comes. And then he leaves and just like, yeah, we're back to these yeah. two. But yeah, right. as that man coming, he just steals the show from every everybody. Uh, also, just before I forget, poor Regina Hall, you know, being the whole ex-wife right. thing and, you know, just like, oh my God, chef, oh, I hate you with your shit, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there was even a point in time where I forget she was in the movie and they just bring her in because... Um, she she have this new boyfriend, and it just so happens that Shaft wants to meet her, and he comes into the same restaurant where she where where they at the, and then they had the poor man do the whole you know Shaft so you know he's a bad mother, and the way how they rope, how they yeah. play that joke, yeah, like, lazy. like like even in twenty nineteen it just feels so yeah, so played out. Yeah, lazy. Yeah, yeah. really. Uh, they they needed they really needed somebody to come and just like 
When you talk about punching up a strip boy, that needed to get punch uppercut to the moon, straight to the moon, Alice level uppercut. Joe. That was so. I mean, it have a bunch of decent enough premises and ideas here, but the execution is so fucking bad and the dialogue is so bad. It's oh like, yes, this 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 way. Wow, um, like Samuel, like like I mean, Samuel Jackson could do no wrong in my eyes, red, but they just make this man. Kind of like a borderline misogynist miso- uh, miso- at times, way. You know no, I mean? but again, but, you could have played that. You could have played exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. And they fucked that up, though. Whatever. Yeah, but, but, but here's where things kind of get blurry there. No, I'm going to get to reach in, the inter- uh, reach in a bit, right? If it was Richard Roundtree, you know, playing that. Okay, remember? No. That, like, this is what I'm going Because yeah. he's the 70s shaft, you know, and Sam right. is just the thousand shaft. Right, right. You could have played out a little bit, but no, this that guy from the two thousands, or at least he set up in the eighties, just still being this kind of a hole, and just not wanting to adapt, not wanting to change. That you right. know, he's just like, but why, Jen? Like after all these years, before no, no, I forget, no, right. As I said, as I said, you could have played with that premise of the again, Father's Day. You could have really do a the, the generational black man thing. How black yeah. men was in the same? How black men is in the two thousands? How black men is now? Yeah. And you could really do that proper evolution of that with a good writer. A very yes, good writer yes. could have sit down and say, okay, how it is that these characters evolve with each other and bounce off each other, you know, with that. Again, they should have used Richard Rowntree more to make that work. But because yeah. they didn't come close to even thinking about that shit, it's like, well, we just got to have these characters, like, this character is going to be misogynist because he's an old black man. Well, what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> but exactly. you have to have, you have to make sense. And they could have bounce off that just... Yes, general outlooks about everything, including women. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and they didn't come close to that shit. Yeah, and and why have John Junior be a be be a data analyst, be a FBI agent? No, why should just be a cop just trying to do his no, no, thing? I don't mind that. He, I don't he, mind he that. Still, he still be he still be charming and whatnot. But you have no. him just be this bumbling guy that nobody really takes no, seriously. No, no. So he have to try to be manly in front of his dad now and be like, oh, well, I could be just as manly as you. And then in the end, well, yeah, I'm the man now. I'm, I'm chef, man. No, no, what? again, plot-wise, plot-wise, I don't mind him being a data analyst. That's fine. My problem is that nerds not supposed to behave like that. Like, I guess he's a quote-unquote nerd. Like, you know, he's supposed to be a nerd and everything is... Right, that's fine. But, like, he can't be... The bubbling thing don't make any sense. Why would he be this bubbling? That is like a cartoonish interpretation of what a smart person is. Hey, come on, Steve Urkel shit, like, come on, yeah. come on. Yeah, there's a few more things I want to mention, right, before we get to yeah. read it. Um, slight little spoiler, they do a scene that, they do something in the show that I generally hate, right? And this is where, um, <laughs> this is where John Jr. spying, right, like, going and sneaking into a place to, to find out what's going on there, to do a little recording and whatnot. And then he runs into characters that he met before, Basically, spelling out and addressing, uh, just telegraphing. Yeah. Yes, we are bad, and we did this. Yeah. Oh man, I can't believe you got me into this, man. You killed him. Yeah, nobody's gonna know, man. Why do they do this? Why? Yeah. What? Because well, we need to have a moment where John Junior hears <laughs> it, and then of course he drops something. He's like, oh, who's that? And then they fight him. God, Let's speak of villains. I'll round up. Speaking of villains. The villain, if, if you thought Richard Rauch showed up 50 minutes in the show was bad, the villain shows up about 10 minutes into the end of the show. They had yeah. a little flashback yeah. with him. Nothing. <laughs> and then yeah. there in the end, he just shows back up playing this tough badass style. Like, but dog, you he, 
Where were you in this movie? Yep. <laughs> you just shot me in the end to get shot at. Yeah, yeah, and he's a total, and he's a total cliche too. Eh? Holy shit. Yeah, boy. Yeah, and, yeah whatever. Yeah, well, and they, well, they, well, I'm not gonna say who the actor is. He's a black actor, and but they had to make him Latino dread. They had to make right. him kind of fake a Latino accent. Oh gosh. Yeah. But well, last yeah. is last. This is the biggest, biggest sin of this movie. Eh? Since when Shaft was a comedy? Right. Don't get me wrong. Sh- Again. Again. Shaft had comedic moments. Yeah. The 1971 movie had a bit of comedic moments. Right. Just to lighten up the mood, right? Right. Yeah. But this decision to make this uh, movie outright comedy. Outright yeah. comedy. And you have yeah. your little flashes of gunplay and violence here or there. You have your little cop stuff, your little mystery stuff going on. But nobody, Chaff was never meant to be a comedy. It's meant to be a neo-noir film. A, right. you know, a neo-noir again, story. Again, that is a mistake. Because, yeah, again, if you play the Jeopardy, because the humor could have easily fold into the, uh, to the generation stuff. Yeah. Because that's like itself. To me, that stuff is kind of like itself. Old people, especially, yeah, young people talking with old people, talking with older people, is always funny. That, that, not hard to write that, as I say, it writes itself. But they just didn't even try to do generational stuff, and that is the keystone to all of this. You take that out, the whole structures fall apart. Right? They never even make an attempt to do the generational stuff properly. So everything is bullshit, and they had to do a certain nonsense. And, you know, yeah. it's a certain bad comedy writing and half assed And again, this yep. script, holy shit, they really need to punch, it up, punch up the script. Again, how is Tim's story getting work? Holy shit. I, I don't know. I don't know, boy. But yeah, there was no reason for this movie to be a comedy. You know, even if you pitch it as an action film, there's not much action in this film, though. Like, it's probably like three yeah. or four moments, but not really an action film, pussy. Um, right. Even the 2000 Shaft was pitched as an action film, but that was more like, it was more detective, but you had a little action moments. Yeah, you had a little detective stuff going on here or there. But you had action, like genuinely action in this. This one is like, well, we have the comedy, we have the comedy, sorry, and we want to have a little action here. There. It's it's like um it's like one of those like nineties, you know, Wayne's Brothers films, like see more right. money, for example, yeah. it has that feel <laughs> where it's a comedy, but it wants to have a little action stuff here and there. They wanna have like so this they, tough guy. Like, this feel like um it's something like Martin Lawrence would do. Like yeah. a blue stream bullshit like that, like or something like that, or you know, yeah. or like uh, what is my a load of dirty shame that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I really did, you know, which is a report for Shaft, by the way, pure report right. for Shaft, right? Even though, well, oh gosh, you right. know, I'm gonna get your sucker, which is excellent, no, just, but that yeah. was a parody, right? But then, yeah, you had to be all pseudo serious with a load of dirty shame, that's why nobody remembers that movie, but anyway, yeah. right? But yeah, this was a failure from start to end from conception from the idea of making this thing comedic from the idea of having this John Saff Jr. and this whole long running subplot about him trying to be as you know badass as his dad is his dad right. himself is being so outdated and just you know what I mean just just um you know demand but in the worst way there. and yeah. oh last things last last things last right before I get to written another slight spoiler here I thought the 2000 Shaft uh, Richard Roundtree was, uh, was 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 John's uncle. Now you tell him, uh, oh, he was just saying that, but he was actually his father. Well, well, I do remember. What? <laughs> so I, I don't no, remember. No, so, no, no, no uh, well, I'm telling you, in the 2001, okay. he was the uncle. Richard Roundtree was the uncle okay, okay. to Samuel right. Jackson. And this it. one <laughs> is like, oh, well, 
Isis Serazi yes, Oracle. Fact. It's almost like this, like somehow Samuel realized years later that oh, he's actually a dad. That's why okay. I talk. What? I don't. I don't. I can't remember. Can I forget the details? Whatever. Um, you couldn't look. even get the time like correct for this. It, well, no. It, it, one. One last last thing. It's so bad. It's so bad. Right. Remember the the, the montage. Right. Where you hear all the the rap songs. Right. And no, right, no about yeah. rap songs you throw at Burger Beat, but like the show. Especially that God awful, awful. I believe it's me goes so quaver one of them do this. Right. The, the shaft, you know, trap version that they play at the very end when you really credit. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Yeah. That's nah, one of the I things I ever hear in my life, Trent. But yeah, <laughs> that part where they show you like the timeline there. So the show right, right, you, yeah. where Shaft was doing his thing and they had the part where he he threw the badge at the um and the judge, Super. which is, yeah, which is yeah. a Harry moment, but they just make it so over the top in that 2000 getaway, right? So, you remember, <laughs> they, cut, they had a moment with, I think it's either 2007 or 2009, right? And you see him chasing up, he was, he was running down some guy, some chase scene, right? Yeah. That is from the 2000 movie. Okay, right. That's from the 2000 movie. <laughs> and, and I guess the excuse is, well, we have to have a moment with young looking Shaft as in Samuel Jackson, doing what he does. And if you okay. know the, the lower shaft, yeah, you always have to have a chase scene, right? Some foot chase scene. But oh gosh, man, like, come on. It happened in 2000. You could put it as 2007. So we, it, it's more like it, they kind of sneak it in so you wouldn't notice her. But right. I notice. I notice it. Anyway, I talked too long about this. This gets a one and a half out of five train. This yeah. shit real creature. This shit is very, very, very yeah, creature. I get, a, I get a super low CC it. Um... But it's not gas is yet, so bad it, but it has it it's it's one of those so bad you'll you like you'll watch it and just be speechless at how bad it is it. But when it's it's down, it. like afterwards you just might laugh at it, like be like no, wow, it, it, it's it, so bad. I just I just laugh yeah. at it how bad it is. Right. No, get my mad it get my mad because of the wasted potential. Yeah, that, you know. Indeed. It could have been so much better. It could have been smarter if they wanted to sit down and make it have sense. You know, especially nowadays where, where everybody kind of being kind of race conscious and Shaft was a good character to bring in nowadays now. You know, with all of this, you know, um, Black Lives Matter stuff and thing. They could have do something. They could have do something. I don't expect it to go full work, but, you know, you got my point now. Um, yeah, like, like, even in 2001, wasn't right. completely woke, but you had a couple of woke moments. Right. I don't yeah, expect it right. to do that in this one here. But, I mean, have a little foresight there. Have a little... I mean, it's Shaft, for God's sake, Trent. Uh, yeah. A black exploitation legend, Trent. Do yeah, exactly. something smart with the character, though. Exactly. And and they could have do something with his son. They could have do something with him. They, you know, they could have do something. And they just, they just fucked that up. And I really thought I really thought we was going to get something interesting because the movie was supposed to drop on Father's Day. So, like, all right, they're going to do something with Father's now. Nope. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, and, and, as I said... And, and, as I said, as I said, Tim story, Tim story does fuck up the narrative of well, you need to be this brilliant black person to, to do good in Hollywood. You had to do black excellence, but like black mediocrity gets it true apparently. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, well, what you could do this. I mean, it's it's funny enough that that you have a movie right with two actors, right? One who <laughs> is probably six years older than the other. Yeah. I didn't yeah. call yourself father and son, right? This this is yeah. this, this is what yeah. we have, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. Anyway, moving along now. Speaking of Samuel Jackson, uh, right. let's talk about Spider-Man: Far From Home. Right. Um, 
So I'll just let you do the synopsis here. So as you know, uh, this is the first post-Avengers film in the yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe. This more or less kind of spearheaded this new direction. Sorry, new a new chapter, I would say, a new phase, I should say, in yeah. the MCU. It's, it's, um, it's still technically the end of phase three, but yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. It's it's uh, it's in terms of years. So as years start, a new well, the the phases will start at the at you know what uh the first film in the first year of that. Right. Right. Um, this is this of course sorry is a sequel to uh Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is a show that I remember you really enjoyed. I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, wasn't in total all of it. I didn't really love it too too much, but it's still just. A fun and enjoyable show. And I mean, for one thing, it was Spider Man done right. It wasn't some guy in his 20s playing, you know, a college kid, basically. Uh, you know what I mean? We, we bought into Tom Holland being Peter Parker, bought into yeah. his charm, his style, and whatnot. Of course, you know, uh, you know him trying to, to get a girlfriend and, you know, just uh, Michael Keaton just being such a great villain in the form of, of Vulture yeah. and just being a relatable villain as well, too. Like, yeah, you, you can relate to him in a way, right? Uh, yeah. And just how they connected it to the MCU, uh, more particularly with the relationship between him and Tony Stark, right? And this kind of yeah. follows right after that where, of course, I mean, if you've been living under a rock for the past couple of months, well, I mean, we all know Tony Stark died at the end of Endgame, right? So this is right. basically what happens next in Peter Parker's right. life. So uh, what is Far From Home about? Yes, yeah, so Far From Home is about, well, yeah, again, it's, it's, you know, Peter following up from the events of Endgame. Um, in the beginning, they start off with some hilarious, uh, in my opinion, quite hilarious opening sequence with Whitney Houston. Yes, right? um, yes. Perfect, this, in my opinion. Well yeah, played, crap, well played. Crappy, crappy high school edited video about, you know, those who died, and they, they talk about Tony Stark, and, and they thought they keep thinking Captain America is a dead, dead person, apparently, which makes sense in the context of the world. And <laughs> um, Vision, and I think Black Widow, they know dead as well. And, yeah. you know, it's everything is lazy ass, Lizzie's edits and, and wipes and you know get images. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but remember, um, well, it's from the oh gosh, the the, the school station, the TV station that they had. Even yes, that, that was like a point. that was like a running gag in the first film. Yeah, all, yeah exactly. Like low production, the low production value yeah. that they have, which is true, which is right. Well, I would say the school, well, the the college that I went to, um, you know, with the foreign exchange that I did um, some years ago. Yeah, production values like. Pretty low when it comes to those things. Yeah, yeah, so, that's right. You want to point but, with that? But, but anyway, so they, they basically explain, um, they address a lot of the, all the kind of the classic stuff that they answer a bunch of questions within that little period, like, uh, you know, the the snap itself and what happened, and they show all these people disappear, and then how they come back. Yeah. Um, also deal with the fact that, you know, some characters are five years yeah. older than they were before. So it's like, how they do with that? Yeah. yeah. They don't call it the snap, they call it the blip. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny. The, it's kind of funny. Yeah, pretty funny. Uh, then they show everybody who gets snapped and who come back. So all the all the people who Peter know get snapped, which is very convenient for the sake of the story. Um, and, and, and filmmaker and production. And then they basically bring back. They do a good job with the timing of that and how well. Yeah, as I say, one of the characters was the, I think that was the little Chinese boy, the first one, right? He grew up <laughs> five years older. Um, oh, that was him. Oh, I, I didn't. That, I didn't realize that though. I think that is him. So he, he, they show him grow up. He's the only one who grew up with him. Everybody, and then they had a big, they had a, the guy who is he's a little, his little brother older than him now. How much a great bits about it. Everybody come back the same age there. Yeah. And so basically, they just kind of following up and cleaning up from the mess of the 
um, events. And well, Peter is kind of the only Avenger available, if you think about it, um, in the public eye, at least, right? Um, and he's the one to, you know, the, the, the news and everybody's kind of asking him questions if he's going to be the next Tony Stark and whatnot and whatnot. Yeah. And then he basically gets, um, gets, well, I wouldn't say uh, PTSD necessarily, but I kind of panic attack from all the weight and the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And, but then at the same time, he have a plan to go to, well, they have a plan, they have a field trip to go to, um, to Europe. And that's the idea. Uh, but in, in the middle of all of this now, uh, Maria Hill and, um, what do you call it? And Nick Fury. Yeah, investigating. Well, it, we'll put Muriel and the crew in quotes for now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah they they investigating some some strange event with these elementals, these strange creatures. They're not sure what's going on, and they introduce uh, a man called Quinton Beck, and he's yeah, like in a Mysterio. In, Mysterio, right? Well, they don't know that yet, but you know, it's um, they um, he's apparently have to deal with that situation, and they they get with him, and then Peter now gets roped into all of this. From Nick Fury to solve a problem for them because they have no other Avengers. The Avengers kind of still nobody really recovering from the events of of thing, and they still need more boots on the ground. And Nick Fury don't have any sense of anything. He have to help out. You need Peter to help him out, and that is basically the story. And you find out Mysterio have a whole plan, and he have a where he come from. He come from a different universe, and have all this all this drama, and yeah. that is where everything builds from there. I would say this film. Because you know who Mysterio is in the comic, it, when the shoe drops in the story, when the shoe, because there's a twist, quote-unquote, when that happens, it's not that interesting because you knew it was coming. And then you knew what the twist was going to be about, kind of. Yeah, um, I, I agree too. But, but in my head, I was telling myself, you know, but if, but if they could still kind of make it out that he is the bad guy that we think we, he is though. But I don't. Right. Even, but I don't feel eventually will be like, uh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. But it's right. But it, exactly, they didn't do right. So what I say is that when they do the big thing with Mysterio, and as long as we can spoil it for the sake of the story, but yeah, for today. So, so, uh, uh yeah. Wait, sorry, wait, folks. But, this is a spoiler review. Yeah, no, uh, so let's, let's finish this point. Yeah. So when while say is that the thing is we know who the character is, but I thought they would have done something interesting even with that, and they did. They kind of didn't do anything that I thought they would at least try to subvert that, and they didn't. Um, and it, it didn't have, again, when the shoe dropped, it wasn't interesting. Now, let us compare that to when Tombs opened the door in Homecoming. That is a moment, it's like, right. That's how you, you hit everybody with that big, a big reveal now. Yeah. Because you had it one way and you didn't know what was going on and then they hit you with that. Because he's still the same character, but they recontextualized the character completely for Peter. We didn't get at all with this, with, with yeah, the serial yeah. character. Not at all. Um, yeah. they just, it's just the serial character all over. So, I, I, I would imagine if you... I would imagine if you're if you're completely ignorant of Mysterio character in the comic and the, the all the old cartoons and material, then this might have worked for you. But yeah, they just do what I expect them to do, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, um, but, but I think also too, I think also too, even if you're not too familiar with the character, you'd still be telling yourself, wait, something not right here though. Like or, no, or no, I say we need a villain, but you, you, you can't tell me it's just these like weird little elemental creatures. So maybe no, it has to be Mysterio, right? No, but that's the thing. The, the way how they do it, and they do it so straightforward, and have him kind of acting like an asshole in a weird way, and this kind of things is that, sorry, he's acting like a friendly guy for now, and then he, you yes. know, he's secretly an asshole. Um, that is the thing. You knew, you knew it was coming. That is the thing. It was just kind of waiting for the shoot to drop. 
And I don't know who's these people who really fall for the multiverse narrative. I think because like, well, they don't know anything about Mysterio. If you completely ignorant of Mysterio, that's the only way that this works. Nothing about this is interesting. Sorry. Right. Um, anyway, but it, what they do with it is quite good, though, when they do the reveal. So, well, if you want to say what the reveal is, uh, well, Mysterio's a bad guy. And where he gets all this tech from is from Stark Tech. He's a former disgruntled Stark employee. And I like that. Right? And then they make callbacks to all the other movies, which is pretty funny. Like, they make a callback to Iron Man yeah. 1, <laughs> which yeah, I like. It was. it was. It was one of those kind of uh, <coughs> self-conscious right. moments. Although I will right. say... <coughs> sorry. Although I will say, though... Um, this is just a gripe, not a big gripe, but a gripe. Um, I'll, I'm just hoping that this is not going to be a trend with these Spider-Man movies where it always has to go back to Stark. So it's someone who hated Stark or someone right. who Stark did wrong. That's seeking revenge. Now. In yeah, right. this case okay. here, I, 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 think I understand. Like, like, uh, yeah, okay, no, I understand just... his use of the technology, right? Um, is right. He, I didn't really that, hate that. Right. Is, is he tech that uh, Tony used? in the beginning of Captain America Civil War lecture, right? right? The right. sort of right. uh, virtual reality thing, right? And right. basically, um, mysterious character, Jake Gyllenhaal, was the one who created it initially as well. You know, right. Tony took the took all the, the praise, right? I get that. Well, it's, it's, but, it's, uh, it's still Tony had to finance it, so it's like, well, no, it's like, that's not the problem, is that you can see why I use this Toronto, because he just right, tra- right, right. he just kind of threw it away, kind of thing. Now, here's the thing. Right, but, 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 uh, the thing is, what I was going to say, but the thing is, it just feels like, oh, well, you know, well, Tony just took my idea, so that's no, why no, I'm well, ah. No, 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 I, I didn't get that. I didn't I, get I that from it. It felt like that. It felt yeah, I didn't, like yeah, exactly. it was good, yeah. Right. Like right. It was so, something yeah. as petty as that. That's, that's what I was right. worried about. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, so, but it, when it went to it, it worked, because this whole the superhero stuff and the narrative, and they take advantage of the snap and whatnot. But what they make it, what, they, what my issue was, is that because they had to... Everything to me, Mysterio actually makes more sense now than he did in the nineties and eighties. And whenever he was, I forget when he was first invented in the seventy something or whatever. The right. Hollywood. I, I just remember him from the nineties cartoon where he just used to right. use his illusions to to to, right. to pull off crimes. So. Right, exactly. But in this, because this, I find it make more sense. Two reasons: one, because of the Stark Tech stuff and how fast and efficient he could pull off the illusions. I like that. That's much yes, more. Yes, yes. Makes more sense. Then yes. secondly, makes. Much more sense in today's world because of one social media and two fake news, um, yeah. and that uh, that that is a big relevance to, to what later down in the post credit, which we will not spoil. Um, uh, uh, if only we could, uh, but but nah, this yeah. is something that you have to see yourself. You know, when you do see it, all the time this this comment, everybody don't fucking see this already, so whatever. But I mean, some, somebody uh, would have spoiled it on on, on Twitter or uh, or Facebook already. But yeah, right. but if you haven't seen it, though, trust me. It will, it will blow your mind. It will, it will kind of blow your mind. It will kind of blow your mind. I mean, okay. I, I, we should have a little spoiler section for that because I have a little something to say about that. However, um, uh, yeah, but I thought they, he's a very well-adapted character for, for this modern time. While in the case of Vulture, where they had to kind of justify quote-unquote alien technology to have why he was doing what he was doing. In this, it made perfect sense. He's actually much more useful and much more dangerous in today's world of social media and fake news he could just gather information about a person because the person put a lot of information about him he don't have any work to do and he can e- easily create the best type of illusions for you he's a literal commentary on filter bubbles now. um yes, and yes, that, yes. that whole stuff and I, I, that's what i liked about the script it worked in that way and yeah. it, you know it's how to work out truth and make sense of it and they get into that's why the, where the part of the film works quite well for me everything right. else 
doesn't work all that well, but it's still good. Because it's still the classic you dad humor, but it it still doesn't work all that well for me. Um, because Homecoming was such a good job of doing what Homecoming did. This doesn't right. do that as good. Right. Okay. Um, well, let me let me just talk about uh, about uh, Mysterio for a bit, right? So yeah. I, I do agree with you. I do understand where you're coming from, right? With with the character, and how the you know the twister, you know, making him making him adaptable in you know into these you know modern world, you know, especially with social media and stuff like that. That was great, right? Uh, at first, I, I was hoping that it wasn't going for the whole disgruntled ex-worker thing, you know what I mean? Right. But once again, uh, I hope that with the next Spider-Man movie, they don't tie it back to Stark, te- you know, um, to Stark's yeah, company. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, they really yeah. do need to stop that, right? Uh, the reveal, I wish they could have played it off a little bit better. Like, it was just this big exposition dump. It's like, oh, wait, you remember that scene right. from that movie? Oh, well, right. remember that ca- oh, remember that character? He's relevant to this, right? So it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it was just like, yeah, but it could have could have played out a little bit better. But yeah, and they drop it, they drop it on you. Yeah, my tickets, right? So as I said, you know, he's more powerful because you know he's using social media and fake news to do his thing. You know, using yeah. that to, to to you know to achieve his goals, right? That's great, right? But in the context of the movie, though, it just kind of felt like what he was doing was just kind of short term. Like it's, I could be wrong, eh, but it just kind of feels like, all right, I'm just gonna stage this battle. And then I will. I'm gonna to come to save the day, and people will love me. Great. Right. No, they did not, that before. That's, that's well, they did that before with uh, with syndrome with uh, in, in the Incredibles, right? So here's the thing about right. about that. He created the tech, so it was just a matter of oh, big gigantic robot attacking city. I just had to destroy this thing once. First time people see me, and now I'm gonna be a hero. And from there, from there, I could just continue. I could just do other. Superheroic stuff because I have the capabilities. I have well, the tech. Right. Pull it off. I can fly like with this yeah. well, jetpack and all that kind of stuff. In this case, right. with with Mysterio, it's like, all right, after I do the final set piece in the movie, what's next from there? Like, what's the what's the long term goal no, of this? No, 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 I kind of off a bit. Okay, everything no, no, kind of felt like short to like I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna yes, just do this. Throw these people off, and that's it. Blah. Yes, but that's that's your point. They, they explain that they say that in the, in the movie what the long term was, which, which was to get into Sheila and those resources now, and that just make money. That is what it was. It was the only oh, okay, people okay, okay, okay. All right, that's well, that's yes. something that 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 kind of just flew past me. And then also, uh, this whole thing about him acquiring uh, well, this these these glasses that uh, well, Tony right, was rocking. Was, was it from? No, it's no, I, 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 I know he had it in Infinity War, right? But uh, right. he didn't have it in Iron Man 2. I, re- I remember having I that at some other point in time. But I know particularly Infinity War, he had those those glasses on. Right. Where basically yeah. he has this, uh, this AI inserted into yeah. it, right? Um, right? But they kind of played out like, you know, it was this kind of plan to get the glasses. But in my head, I tell myself, wait, no, but how you know that Peter get the glasses in the first place? No, they, they they knew they knew all this information about who passed on what. That's all. All that was public information, and right about getting what like, and why. And he yeah, had, like, he like, had, like, he like a, Stark Tech, so you don't right. know who was who's right, like, getting like, what. Like, uh, okay, like like I understand basically that. Uh, well, slight spoiler here. Uh, Nick gives Nick Nick Fury gives uh, Peter the, the the glasses, right? But right. why did uh, Mister Mysterio try to acquire them before? Like it would have been like, no. oh shit, he has the glasses, so now let me try to get them. It's like, oh wait, no, but he wouldn't be able to use them. He would have been, he would have been able to what? Use them? How you don't use them? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I don't know. Say that. Yeah. Be, it was 
it was Peter, it was Peter's thing, signature to get thing. So only Peter could make the authorization. No? I remember oh, Mysterio is all about. Oh, okay, okay. I, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yes. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just something I just need to, like his, his scheme, I just really need to rewatch no, everything. I, 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 like... no, I agree, I will agree his motivation could have been a little better, but no, they, they can explain pretty much everything for what it was. Um, I didn't mind it. Where this movie does shine though is the actual mysterious shenanigans. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the visual stuff, the visual yes. stuff that he did with, with Mysterio was gr- were, yeah. were excellent actually. And I was yeah. like hoping and praying that we get stuff like this. Like I always loved it in the animated series, and I was uh, yeah. wanted to see that big screen and how they play it off, pull it off visually. Excellent, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very and even that moment, even that moment. Sorry, that caught me completely by surprise. Once one okay. shot in, involving uh, Nick Fury, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Is this really yeah. <laughs> Nick Fury? Yeah. It's like, nope. Yeah. Pull the rug right yeah. on your feet. I was like, yeah. nice. I love um, him. Yeah. But I, what I, would, I thought they would have done better is that, yeah, and they, they had him very, be very skilled in the illusion. And I like that he had a whole bunch of people, uh, which I thought they would have addressed a little better, but um, he had a whole bunch of people working for him. Yeah, he basically had a basically an evil film crew, <laughs> which cracked me you up. With, with, uh, with, with, that, with tons of drones, yeah, once again, right. drones are the bad guy. Well, sorry, gear. drones are the, are the threat, you know what I mean? Right. He had a costume girl, he had a, a, a special effects man in real time, he had a, 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 a not only a special effects, but a visual effects person as well. Yes. Um, so, the girl created the shockwaves, you have the costume girl, and then you have the, um, the fellow who was the, well, the guy from the first Ironman film, the individual yeah, effects. Yeah, which was funny. Um, I thought it was, it was it was really cool because I was wondering, okay, well, if they create all the effects, how you get all these explosions and you know buildings yeah, being torn down, right. and then they show yeah. how it how it does, like yeah, this, yeah. I could buy into this. This is yeah, real cool. Good. Yeah, yeah, but but I, I know we're talking a lot about Mysterio, but to me overall, I just felt that you know um, Vulture was just still a better villain, just oh, because of yeah. motivation by far. In this one, yeah. it just kind of came off a little so, petty, a little. Um, Short to me, my opinion, or like you know, it's all about me and me, 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 you know, what I mean? which I guess is the point, but it could have gone a little bit, a little bit deeper and then kind of make us be, really be like, Yeah, I could understand why a man will go out of his way to do to use all this tech to get right. this job done. And this was right. just like, I just want to be the hero because I want to be the hero, right? It was just a money making scheme, that's all it was. That they right, just right. make such a bullshit, or oh, no, they had a, they had a writer as well, which was funny because he used to follow make up the whole. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That was uh, yeah, yeah. This is a big, a big evil film crew. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, um, couple, couple, couple more gripes. Uh, the humor. Some of the jokes um, kind of fall flat. Some I, of the I, I, really I it was flat for me as well. Um, yeah. But then it, it was still good enough. For me to, it was fine. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, like, there were just a few fun. moments in between where they just kind of threw a joke, especially at scenes where, like, story wise, it kind of. Feels a little insignificant, kind of well, like, just like, oh, let's, let's just throw a joke in it, and people yeah. just kind of laugh, haha, okay, but yeah. still, it's like, but no, wow. even, even stuff that I thought could have land would have been better. Like, they had a, a joke with Happy and the Shield, I thought that would have been funnier, that wasn't funny, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Although I did like the line that he says after that, right? I was like, I, right. I thought that, that was cool, that that called no, I get the joke, and it was okay, but it was still kind of weak. Um, but he had some decent some lines in it, Night Monkey was okay, I suppose, um, yeah, <laughs> that, that was funny, yeah. Um, uh, and then now they work that into well, how Zendaya uh, works at right. Zendaya, sorry, works that in later on. I thought that was really cool. Well, sorry, the conversation scene was Zendaya and uh, and Peter. How they work that? Yeah. Uh, Tom Holland's character. 
yeah, Oli Michelle stuff I thought was pretty weak. Um, surprisingly. Um, oh, okay, her, okay. I, I was surprised. I did. I was surprised. Surprised how weak that was because she was like playing a completely different character from the first film to me. And this one, it didn't make like she was more nervous and instead of just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Agree. Like she was, she was a little bit too hesitant here. This one is just like yes. yeah, I, I, I kind of see that all your shit. So I just got. I just got this gotta make all make make all the out by the real snarky way, but it's kinda right. funny to me. That was what worked right. with the first one. This one is like right. Yeah, I, I'm just kinda awkward and shy and blah blah blah. I didn't right. read that. I didn't I didn't, yeah. I didn't follow that. Um, and, but but the thing is well, just talk about their relationship. Like it was it was kinda cute to watch, it was kinda sweet. Um and it had some really good moments out of that, right? But uh I wish we just had a little bit more of the two of them. Not saying that right. you have to put her in the middle of danger, like you know, the Sam Raimi. Right. Movie, just, like more that, but yeah. just a little bit more of her. And then also they had the subplot involving, well, the, this older guy, physically older looking guy, Asian guy. Right. That's, uh, that's who's been love interest. And they just threw like they had a moment with him and they brought a little tension into it. And they just kinda threw him away afterwards. Just like, well, yeah, it's kinda irrelevant. No, and this is my next gripe too. They had some characters that just didn't need to be there at all. Um, JB Smooth in, in particular. I mean, he's yeah, a funny he's guy, fine. but like, yeah, he didn't tell the show at all, though. At all. Yeah, none of his jokes were funny. None of his lines were good. Yeah, even yeah. At, even at points when the man was like, like really trying to make me laugh, like in his yeah. way. Though. I was like, no, yeah. you you just really don't need to be in the show at all. Sorry. Um, and then I think well, a couple other teachers or a couple other characters were there, and they just. Just there, but they really do anything for me, you know. Yeah, you're just gonna take them out of the show. Uh, and it actually could have made the film just a little bit short as well, too. Because, yeah, it's two hours and nine minutes, but if you had just take out those little moments where you had to have this actor try to be funny and just fall flat, yeah, take that out and you would have a much uh tighter film, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, but mostly it doesn't line up as good as, in my opinion, in terms of the humor. Because with the with the with homecoming, it does a good job of stitching together well, okay. How could Spider-Man and normal people fit in this universe a little better? And they do a good job with that. In this, not so much. Um, it just like, well, they just go into a European vacation. They didn't do anything interesting with the European stuff per se. Um, they always just jokes with, with Nick Fury and them. And yeah. that was about it. And yeah. I'd say, um, what else I was gonna mention, boys? Spider-Man, all right. Yeah, no, they only had one great joke at the end when he say, I love Led, Led Zeppelin. Love it. Great joke. Yes, um, yes, yes. Uh, speaking yeah. of that, I don't want to talk too long about the scene here. Um, yes, great call back to the first Iron Man movie. I get that, but uh, in your head, you tell yourself, okay, well, is he all right? Well, we could kind of spoil it. Basically, happy helping out Spider Man, you know, the, the, the last mission to, to stop Mysterio, right? You tell yourself, okay, well, similar to like Tony, he created a suit, right? Taking the guy be like some kind of iron spider kind of thing, but no, it's not exactly yeah, but- that. But like, why all this elaborate? Oh well, you know, stitches together. And I want this and I want that. Can you have yeah. a ticket, Iron Man, right there? So when he jump out in the plane, no. he got be kind of like an Iron Man version. That's what the Iron Spider. But you see, with no, that new suit, in other words, but it's not really that. I don't. No, he couldn't get it because he, well, he didn't have the first suit. He didn't. He didn't yeah, we couldn't use the suit itself. But what happens that he um that may, no, that, that I can't explain that because he had to design a new suit, but he couldn't create replicate something like on the level of Iron Spider. Because they, they explained that they showed the Iron Spider. Remember, they showed the Iron Spider in some special case or something like that. Yes. So it's not like the sh- I don't think the ship could have made the Iron Spider right there. Or it would probably take too long for whatever it, where you want it. He just needed the classic suit, but better now. And he doesn't okay. modify it for his 
own purposes. And yeah. that black suit looks great. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yes, the, the, the suit does look great. It's just the 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 song threw me off because I think in Iron Man callback, okay, so you're going to get an Iron Man reference. It's going to tie back to yeah. is Peter going to be the new Iron Man? But they didn't really do that. It's just, well, huh. Peter coming to his own once again, right? So, yeah. whatever. Um, but I mean, of course, there's there's great in this. Uh, of course, Tom Holland is, is fantastic in this movie. Um, yeah. Zendaya, I mean, some great moments with her as well. So I, just I watching some more. Yeah. yeah, so what is some more with her? Some more yeah. reason for her to be in the movie? Um, so she, with, she, like, with... she she in a new show right now on um on HBO, which is great. Um, Euphoria or something like that. Oh, uh, she's in Euphoria. Okay, I, I yeah. have yet to watch Euphoria. Okay. Yeah, she, she's pretty great in that and. So I, I I really thought oh okay you know she's a pretty good actress now so I don't know I thought she was just kind of wasted in this so it's like oh they didn't really do anything with her like one not think about it yeah and I, I know they was played off the whole well it's a high school romance but they could have just played that just a little bit more not not expected it to be like the Sam Raimi movies where you always have to stop for the emotional heart tugging moments with Peter and MJ not wanting that but still moments with the two of them moments where you see. How important she is to him yeah. at the moment, you know, even though he has to deal with, you know, saving the world from uh, Mysterio and all that stuff, right? right. Uh, performances are great as well. Uh, I thought that Jake Gyllenhaal was actually admittedly great in this, though. Like you could tell, like yeah, he was, was, he was yeah. having a blast with this role. Like, like even like wh- like he's charismatic when he's ready. He's slightly ham it. He, he slightly hams it up when he's ready, but not too much, of course. But it's. It, it's it's Jake doing what he does best. It's just him right. being a superpowered villain for the first time. I thought they would have done a little something interesting with that, where he was just more about the discontent pugs and you're caring about them, but he was just in it for him as a selfless person. So it was more kind of nightcrawlerish, which I was kind of expecting too, because in my head I had nightcrawler now. So yeah, 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 yeah. But I was a media a media figure now. So that's the whole right. point now. Like media figure, media figure. He's like a perfect casting for Mysterio. That's what I had in my head. That's why I was thinking, oh. He's such a great casting for because of Nightcrawler, and we kind of right. got a little bit of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but we, we did, we did. Um, yeah. Just a little bit more we could have got because yeah, I mean Nightcrawler right. is, is the truth, right? Um, but right. you know, visually it's still great. You know, music great. Music choices kind of hit or miss for her, but for the most part it worked because remember we in Europe, so like every time they go to a new country, you hear like this sort of like really chipper kind of um, song playing. You know, uh, even though I, I'm not familiar with those songs, but whatever. Um, what else? Yeah, visually, it's it's still engaging, still fun. I really, you know, the the, the light-hearted tone is still there. Serious moments when they when they necessary are still there as well. Action sequences for the most part are pretty decent, especially the the final sequence. Yes, that final sequence where he had to entirely rely on the spider sense. Loved it. Yes, yes, yes. Loved Absolutely. it. That, that was great as well. Uh, yeah. I would say, yeah, that easily the best action sequence in the whole movie. Um, yeah. I just lastly in terms of like just gripes though, I felt that. The second the second half is is way more entertaining, much more fun than the first half. First half, right. you know, the setup and all that, it kinda takes a while and you know, uh, you know, yeah, the occasional the, the occasional joke that falls flat here or there. Uh um, right. other than that though, I really felt in the second in the second half, you know, things really pick up and you really get a sense of urgency and what's really going on. That's what really makes this film this story in a, as a whole works, right? The urgency in everything. Is that just yeah. about getting this job done, but get it done before you jump back on the plane, before you head back home, you know what I mean? So it works to that level. Uh including though no, it's not as great as or uh, it's not as great as um 
Spider-Man Homecoming, but it's still a solid enough uh, follow-up to, to that film. All the, the good, well, a majority of the good stuff from the last film is there. It's just that they kind of punch things up a little bit more, especially with the villain and the motivation, yeah. which is kind of kind of hit or miss for me. Um, right. you, you said you had an issue with the whole romance stuff between Peter and MJ. I find they could have had, they could have had a little bit more of that. Not more too of much, that, of yeah. course, to, 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 to overburden the movie, but come on, you're playing high school romance and you really give them a, much of that. Um, the stuff involving uh, Nick Fury and stuff was, was uh, you know, were, were great as well. But, right, we're gonna get to that. Uh, yeah, now we so, can just talk about body spoilers briefly. Uh, the, right, the spoiler, thing, right? spoiler section, spoiler, 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 you're warned. Super spoiler, spoiler. for the post. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. 543 to 1, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. All right, uh, first post credit scene is quite good. I uh, have one small problem with this. It, oh, that's a, it did not blow me away because some people exactly. like me? Jaw, hit, jaw, jaw hit floor, that kind of stuff. I was no. like, well, because I was like, all right, it, but it wasn't right, right, but, it right. So, so the big so the spoiler is that uh, Mysterio did one last message. I basically put out a piece of fake news, um, about what went down with the fight and make it look like if Tony, I'm sorry, if Peter was the, the villain in that situation, and then on top of that, he outright um, uh, reveals Peter's identity as um, as, as Peter Parker, as, as Peter Parker. Yeah, right. The person who kind of reveals and, it in right. his news, in this news um, show, is yeah. uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Playing J. Uh, J. Jonah uh, Jameson. Which, yeah. yeah, when I saw it, I was like, yes, Wait, this needs to but, happen. This works. Yeah, the problem I have. blew it away by it, but I was like, I yes. I was away because, because too much like, well, two things. It, it is very similar. So if you're familiar with the Spider-Man PS4 game, it's that. Because now J. Jonah Jameson is playing like a kind of Alex Jones kind of figure instead of the classic, his classic character now, which is what he's kind of like in the video game. Um, okay. Here's my problem. I, I know this is like a super unpopular opinion, but I am, I kind of wanted them to recast J. Jojo Jameson. Right? Okay. Um, anybody in mind you had? Uh... Um, I had, the person I had in my head, um, if they were to recast, would have been John C. McKinley from Scrubs, Dr. Cox. Okay. Uh, that was the person I had in my head. Like, if I, if I was to cast it, I am on the fence about bringing back people in that sense. But look, J.K. Simmons is the defining J. Jonah Jameson, and he didn't have the classic hairstyle neither. No. That is what bothered me too. No. He's like this balding guy. So it's like, uh, is, uh, is uh, uh, no, that was fine. That was fine. That was fine. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I find it the weird height up, you know, green fade thing that that's that what the characters look like. And, you know, the cigar. No. But whatever. He did a play them more like the Alex Jones kind of thing. And I suppose that's an update. So whatever. Um, that didn't, so I didn't, I wasn't as hyped as other people, but it was still cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I wasn't like, you know, right. running up and down the, the cinema going crazy. Oh my God, oh my right. God, oh my God. But it was still a great scene. I, I, right. I thought that was like a, like, you know, one last card that uh, the mysterious right. drop is like, ah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and it, it, just, the, it has opened up, the, you know, some interesting, you know, consequences for Spider Man and maybe the, the larger MCU. Although it's not that interesting because Iron Man, that was a big reveal in Iron Man 1, right? That everybody knew who Man is. And, so, and also, well, yeah, a majority right. of the Avengers, well, I should say right, all of them, exactly. don't have to worry about secret identities. Exactly. So that's why the secret identity thing not really bothered me as much as it should. Right? That was a big deal back in the 2000s in the original Civil War and shit like that, but not this much. But whatever. Yeah. Um, then the second post credit scene is also quite fascinating. In fact, this is the one actually more rope me into what the consequences of the situation is. 
which is well you find out that well as i say we put maria hill and and sam and i'm sorry and nick fury in quotes because it's not maria it's not maria hill and nick fury it's scrolls in fact yeah. it's talon and his wife um i forget the wife's name yeah and, i forgot but uh remind yeah. me they were always on the ship in captain I marvel think. or were they on earth with captain marvel that's the thing they were they left with captain marvel so like when they come back how long nick fury how long nick fury was a scroll they decided to do the scroll so they're doing like a kind of invert of secret invasion because remember the scrolls apparently are good in this universe so it, it might be not my guy kind of backward um secret invasion storyline going on here and then well how long nick fury off earth the real nick fury because they, they reveal what's going on there right and it's impossible we might get sword and that could have a bunch of interesting implications when you show up in the new guardians, guardians movie when you do this that or the other we don't right. know what the hell going on. Yeah. My, my, my speculation should do is that uh, that he left right after uh, Tony's funeral. So I believe that <laughs> that 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 the thing, it's quite possible is a real one. He wasn't um, on Earth. Like yeah, yeah, that, we, that yeah, it's the possibility of that, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know how long he was off. Like he could be off longer. We don't know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, but but we'll see. Um, that scene in particular, like I expected a bigger payoff to it. It was, but it was just like. Oh well, I'm actually here, and that was yeah. it. Like, like I was just waiting for something just a little bit more to happen, but it just kind of ends. So I was like, yeah, oh, I, I, I was like, but yeah, interesting. Okay, it's an interesting reveal, but it's like that's about it. But uh, yeah, again, it's it's one of those things that is more potential stuff. Like you know, they give themselves wiggle room to do more interesting things going forward. Um, right. Oh, well, one thing though. One thing though. I think it's because we've been booed before with second stickers, huh? I think that's no, why no, I didn't yeah, really take this last one that well. I just thought like I just thought yeah. it was like, oh well, okay, this is where he is. Huh. All right, yeah. don't really think about it too much. But now yeah, that you I'm brought up, you know, you know, uh, secret invasion and all that stuff that now I have a thinking, oh well, where are they gonna go next with that, you know what I mean? Right. So the last good second stinger was, you know, um was both Black Panther and Infinity War, right? You know, Captain Marvel's thing was terrible. And oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And, Stinger, and Man's thing was terrible. Like, well, that's waste my time now. It, it, was, um, it was notoriously bad, actually. <laughs> yeah. So that's about it. I, you know, I, I enjoyed for what it was. And I still look, as long as these movies stay good, I, but I do admit, because they don't have no Thanos and they didn't really set up a new villain yet, because I don't, I don't expect them to set up a villain anytime soon. Um, I don't know what they're going to be doing post-Thanos, and it's going to be kind of hard to beat Thanos in terms of the, 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 um, the scale of everything now. So I don't know what they're going to do. But, I, but because they set up, the sword stuff, right? They set up a lot of sword. I'm like, well, that can set up something big potentially. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, rated rated wise for me, sorry, I would give this a lighter decent three and a half out of five. Uh, it's worth checking out on big screen. Uh, I it like for me personally, it didn't blow me away. I would say it's better than Homecoming, but it's still a decent right. and just enjoyable follow up. To not just the uh, whole comment, but uh, uh, to Endgame as well. You know what I mean? It it's similar to like how Atman the Wasp was, but it right. has much more of a purpose because, of course, this is right after Endgame, so we're seeing you know just the 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 groundwork being laid for something new, right? So right. yeah, um, I do see myself watching this again, and then maybe I could t- you know kind of dig in deeper, be like, oh well, this could lead to something else, and you know this other movie and all that kind of stuff. Right, right, if, right. But although they don't really spend too much time with the world building with that or setting up new stakes and whatnot, right? But uh, it's just enough for you to be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the characters in good hands. I mean, 
you know, Sony gonna hold on to this thing for their life, right? But yep. it, <laughs> but it's still doing the, the, the character enough justice as it could. You know, even right now to bring it back up, J.K. Simmons, yes, which you know, for better for worse, is a good thing. Uh, but yeah. yeah, this is still we'll check it out on big screen. Uh, if you get a chance, do give it a look. Um, don't spoil that ending for those who haven't seen it. Well, these stingers. Right. Uh, and yeah, I just can't wait to see where this uh where this new chapter, I would say, in the MCU right. goes from. Yeah, it. for the phase four, yeah. Um, yes, because that's the thing. Um, I just want to be really, really interested in what they're going to do with, with phase four MCU. What they're going to do exactly. Uh, my, my attitude is, as I said, I believe that um, they should do less movies. You know, put all the, the, the mediocre stuff on the Disney streaming service as, as elongated series where you can tell a story and, you know, people who care will watch that. Um, and then they have less movies and they can have the movies really be bangers. Um, and I yeah. hope they, or, or, or how about just two movies a year instead of three? I don't, have less movies. Just have less movies. But you still have a lot of content on the, on the streaming service. Oh, okay. Um, because, okay. I, I got you. I got you. Right, I got you. Um, and we, we can't, I think we kind of get in that movie. I think that's the experiment they're trying to probably go for. Um, so whatever. We'll see. We'll see going forward. Right, um, well, what's your rating for, for Far From Home? I give it a very low IMAX. Um, it's still very good. Okay. A lot of these set pieces were good. Um, you know, the action and the, the, spect- the spectacle was quite good. Uh, but I had some issues with the, again, you you had problems with Jake Hall's motivation. I did as well. I thought they could have fleshed it out a little better. Um, it was, it's one of those throwaway lines thing. The mere fact that you missed it, that means it's a throwaway line. And it had a lot of throwaway lines in this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is why I do this. And they just give a quick line. Okay. All right. All right. But that's about it. I, but I, and I find a lot of the humor could have, you know, they could have do a lot of, Better writing and punching up that humor a little better, but that was about it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, again, what mattered mattered. Like that is great moment with um zombie Iron Man, just great, you know, stuff like that. Now. So that's about it. All right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Ambassad R M E D D Y on Twitter at R M E D on Twitter, and then just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You'll find me there. All right. On Twitter, you could find me at uh, Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, you can find me at Bear Beats and Bailey. On Facebook. This is for any match media along with the Legally Black blog. Official fan base where you find the link to this podcast as well as the other stuff we've done over the past few years, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to for the rest of the month. We have uh, Yesterday, which uh, I mean, yes. Danny Boyle is a boy, but I don't know. As yet, if yeah. I want to go and see it. Uh, same thing right. for Crawl. Like, uh, I expect it was schlocky horror stuff with Crawl, right. but I just really want to hear some early reviews to see if it's worth it. Stuba. I... Yeah, I'm not hyped for that at all. But... Like, it, it, like, if it was, if it was just a dumb PG-13 movie on a let slide, but as it's R now, no, I think it's going to be... They're going to have to try way harder to make me laughter. And right. They can't just rely no, on, I, you know, this crap. I like... I like... And, um, and, you know, this is Jim the, the wrestler, no? I like him. He's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Oh, by the way, Andreas, and, and funny, and funny, funny little joke where he said how... Uh, when they asked him if, if he went if he went to act in any fast furious movies and you know just paraphrasing you know is like here he just deserve better better shows to be in. I was like, right. all right, Mister Batista, all right. Only because of him, he he got he has proven to be very very funny in the Guardians movie. Um, but I'm not feeling the other one now. Where's he Camille or whatever it is now? You're uh, the, yeah, the yeah. In, in, uh, in a Twilight Zone Um. I, was, I don't feel he at all. So it's like, he, he can't break down the movie for me. But I'll, go, I'll make yeah, it, I'll give it And time. I feel because the guy trying to make him the straight guy, you know, like, oh my God, you know what I mean? That's always reacting to things. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, 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 might, it might run up a wall. Um, yeah, don't follow me. Huh? 
Sorry? Yeah, no, with the trailer, it's only, it, only Batista have me laughing. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, because but the other delivery, it works. But the other guy is just, oh my yeah. God, you know what I mean? I don't know we had to get that in these buddy action comedies, but yeah. come on, come on. Uh, the following week, we're supposed to get Lion King. Right. Expectations are low for this one, but I mean, right. I, I really <laughs> enjoy Jungle Book. I really enjoy it. No, I just keep telling people, if Jungle Book didn't exist, I'd be more hyped for this. Yeah. Because you know, see the technology now. But go, I see the technology already, so how are you going wow, man? Well, they probably do some improvement over the past three years yeah, or whatever the last time. Changes, all the little shot changes I hate. Like, okay, he has a little small little dumb thing, but to me, I, it's bottom man. So in the original Lion King, the, the big sunrise, epic. In the center, in this one, it just looks like a normal fucking sunrise. Like, you can shoot the sunrise better and have it make it look cooler. Why is, why the, sun, why is the sun off center in this, in this live action one? That looks like shit. Right, have <laughs> good it. point. Good point. Yeah, take about it. The original had the classics, the sun rising in the center, the sun in the center, and it looking epic. This, yeah. the sun is there in the corner, like you can set at least have the sun, the sun rising in the center near shot. Why, whatever. Yeah, that, that, that's I guess that's the influence of, of the planet in the documentary on this show. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> like a normal sun sunrise, like there's some guy in the camera. You know, he does have that Ari camera and he does shoot it, but it does look like a normal sunrise. Like somebody yeah. just take out the magic and the sharp lens and shoot a yeah. sunrise normal. Looking normal, whatever. Uh, uh, last but not least, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I am excited as right. hell for. And uh, The Dead Don't Die. And of course, on this Netflix, we have... Sorry? This time I'm excited for Jim Jarmusch, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really excited for that. And of course, yeah. uh, Orange is the New Black, the final season. Can't wait to see right. how that plays out. So, yeah, you can look forward to those reviews, hopefully, the next upcoming episodes of this podcast. And, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Machimedian. Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off for another episode of BSB to So, until the next one, take care. Peace. <laughs>